0: The Intermediate Line advises a language and concept warning for the entire show.
1: G'day folks, it's Jimmy here, calling in from the mecca of fly fishing in South Australia, Narricourt. I've just got the six weight bent to the cork and caught myself a 20 pound case of COVID. Oh, what an (coughs) eat. A week of tying surf candies and listening to the latest Intermediate Line podcasts, should see me all but cured, hopefully. Now's the time to get comfortable, go and grab your neats for the oil and you put your listening ears on and delve into the greatness of Dr. Chris and Jeff 415 at Volta. I'm Alan Jones. This episode of the Intermediate Line is brought to you by Nervous Water. For all your premium fly fishing requirements, please visit
0: nervouswater.com.au And Beast Brushes Australian made brushes and dubbing professionally graded natural materials plus a full shop for all of your fly tying needs at beastbrushes.com Oh is
2: happening thing.
0: Never seem to worry about waiting for this, and it concerns me. Why wait, wait, mate? That's that's an age-old question that's been posed to many people. But we are here now. We have arrived, and welcome back, folks, to another episode of the Intermediate Line Podcast. How you going there, Voltsy?
1: Great, thanks, Chris. what's news, dude?
0: What's news? Not much, mate. I do know that the grass is growing at my place as we bear down on the fourth significant fucking rain event of the year yeah
1: yeah look a uh we've had our share yeah. I, I can't remember a summer where we've had this much you know just i was gonna say
0: yeah i can't remember that either yeah crazy huh you've had more summers than i have slightly yeah. i've had a couple more laps yeah. than you but not many
1: yeah a few more
0: yeah 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 um I, that's legit i think um I can't think of any time in my time on God's green earth here that I can remember having more than one significant rain event in southeast Queensland between now and winter. Here we are towards the end of fucking May, and windows like you said, windows are open in the house. Short t-shirt on. We should we should at least have a flannel on at this time of year. It's quite odd. <laughs> we should, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Windows should be shut. Uh, car seat warmers. Buyers should be on, roasting yeah. chestnuts, singing carols. Victorians should
1: be locked up.
0: Yep, uh, that's yeah. true. I think this is pretty much, uh, I mean, the writing's on the wall as far as I'm concerned. I think you'll find that um, God hates Tenkara. <laughs> I think you'll find this is a uh, Tenkara and Gamora situ- situation.
1: <laughs> I see what you did there. That's that's quite historically accurate.
3: Yeah, know, man. Right?
0: We, I yeah, think we're yeah. gonna have to we're gonna have to get the SS Volter out and make it the new Ark. What do you think? We, <laughs> what do you think you can carry in that pelt, mate? Two by two.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, Noah's Ark or, or Voltsy's Ark, or if if we're down in uh, Canungra, it'd be Andy's Ark. And look, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Andy's Ark. Andy's <laughs> Ark. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take two carp on board. <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> a two spangled perch. Yeah, two, yeah. yeah. I've uh, pre-anticipated enough room for two um, two carb <laughs> <laughs> That's enough on, haggling on Andy there.
1: Why? Um, How
3: did that oh, get come on, man? man! It's just it's yeah. low-hanging fruit, you know. What I mean, yeah, it's a yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, mate, we've uh, we've we've done. Um, what we've done is we have had two. Intermediate Vice podcasts since we recorded. I know this is going to sound weird on timeline because the listeners would have got one Intermediate Vice podcast, then Nikki Mill, then another one, and then blessed with this one. So yes. to them, they don't understand, but for us, we haven't got together and spoken about um, the Vice show because we recorded Nikki so long ago.
1: Correct. Correct. So who have we had on? We had Nick
0: Stewart. So we had Nikki and then Nick. Or well, Nick. Well, Well, I mean, let, let's not um, get caught up with semantics here. Let's um, let's just say we've had Nick Nick um, Stewart on and Dave Bradley on the Vice episode.
1: Okay. yeah. yeah. Mm.
0: And uh, and they've been they've been quite good and, and they've been uh, quite challenging and I've enjoyed doing them and uh, and I think that you've even like could, I mean to get you to listen to a podcast. It's quite strange, but you've you've given some of them some listen, right? A little uh, bit of airtime. I haven't listened
1: to much of it. I, I, I've discussed stuff with people about, oh, but I, I'm not qualified to have the discussion because I haven't really been paying attention. I'd really like to listen to, to both of them, but as you know, like time is fucking precious for me at the moment.
0: Oh, I know, man. There's so much time to talk to people and um, on the phone. That, you know, it's hard to make time for podcasts. I get that. <laughs> it's big city living, bro. That's what they call that. You know, if you could, I'm sure you would have a ponytail as well. Yeah. Have you ever had one of the Bluetooth earpieces that you've just put, looked on your ear? No. Ever?
1: No, no, that's why they look stupid.
0: Yeah, I know, yeah. but they were they were, they were um, time, time period uh, relevant at one stage, right? And you would have been a mover and shaker back then, right? Look to
1: me, they always look like that. Uh, that show, like those, and AirPods, always look remind me of something about Mary. Yeah, where, uh, where, <laughs> yeah, Ben Stiller has that, uh, has that rogue, uh, you know, that missing load located yeah. here. Yeah, I you understand. You. Yeah,
0: what you're witnessing, people, is this is this is how Vulty earned the name Teflon, right? Did you see the way that he misdirected? From a from a question that I in fact already knew the answer to.
1: Well, yeah, which was the question, mate. Right? Let's
0: <laughs> avid listeners will go back. You will see a uh, the relevant picture go up on social media in in and in, in you know due time. <laughs> <laughs> That's just, We'll just wait for that, mate. Uh, there'll be plenty of room due uh, when this rain comes. Anyway, I think we're expected to get another hundred and fifty mil in southeast Queensland which will be happening right at the time when you're listening to this podcast if you're a uh, downloader at, of the um, of the releases by that I mean downloading it as it gets released release loader yeah i think that's a, that's loader. a good yeah if you're a release loader do you, yeah do you know any release loaders dude <laughs> no 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 oh, no no, no. No. I found I found that podcast with Dave quite challenging, mate. I must admit to um to offer some sort of um behind the scenes commentary or director's cut if you like, you know. Yeah, what why, why is that? Well, perhaps we probably you know, well, I perhaps I bit off more than I could chew with that concept. I had this idea of um of, of you know, of drilling home observation and I thought who better than someone who spends all that time on the water? Um and who better than having someone on, you know, who's 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 basically fishing others for his job and and has done for, so for twenty five years. And I had this idea of, uh, you know, perhaps angling the conversation around to, um, you know, what do fish do and what do they react to certain things. But yeah, it was it was very hard to tie it in together. You know, it came out all right, I guess. But um, I mean, we're lucky how it came out if Dave wasn't someone who was a friend or someone I knew that, that thing would have been another fly Line episode for sure.
1: <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that. Like, I think, I think there's relationships that you have with your, with your guests, that rapport you build up sort of can really help. And I, I know that sounds like an arrogant sort of the interviewer type of question, but you know, that they, they can't make or break an interview. And, mm. um, and dave as a guest like obviously dave's had a had a number of guest spots on our on our uh, podcast but he's he always brings good stuff there's always uh there's always something noteworthy uh there's always great info that's that's not a guess or you know you know dave won't regularly say you know i think this will happen it's like based on my experience this happened you know like it's it's all sort of all of his outcomes are, are based on uh, experience. And, you know, that's what makes him valuable as a, a you know, as a, as a guest and, and source of information.
0: Yeah. In regards to fly towing and fly selection, I, I already knew that Dave was going to bring to the table, was like, well, this is what I worked out, what works, because that's what's important to him, you know. But um, it's only us nerds that want to break that down as to why it works. And uh, um, I found myself getting caught up in the conversation, talking to a mate to a certain degree, had to realize it was a fly fishing fly tying podcast and not only <laughs> not only realized i had to talk about fly tying but also couldn't um couldn't chat like it was to a friend you know we had the uh, record button going although we were both obviously aware of it but it was me who was uh captaining that ship that time i was pushing the skiff that day and um you know, I got caught up in some uh, chop, mate. I guess you could say. I don't know. Push the bow around a little bit. You know, to continue the analogy. You know what I'm saying, Volts? Right?
1: I don't know what you mean. Yeah. If anyone yeah, else tried tried polling the skiff. It's real easy to go in circles.
0: Very easy to know? go in circles. Yeah. <laughs> Although that was the 140th skiff I've polled. Um, <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> Still did it.
1: <laughs> Is that because the uh, that particular skiff, um, you know, had a uh, particularly um, uh, the keel wasn't too...
0: Um, nah, bothered. mate, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save you there. This analogy's dying. Sorry. Is man. it? All right. yeah, 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 no, man. I mean, someone had to say uh, it. I guarantee oh, you yeah, that there'll be yeah. someone like Mitchell Anik out there who's, who's going to pick on us and tell us, Valty, you you should have like laid down on that one, you know, or, or something like that. I mean, he's, he's offered a fair bit of criticism lately. Uh, not that it's been unwelcome, but, you know, he's a sharp character, old uh, well, Per Mitchell.
1: I was trying to bring in the, the keel, because I know that's been a subject of... Um, oh, I
0: see what you're doing, man. Well done. Yeah, yeah,
1: conversation on socials. Yeah. Uh, you know, and the purpose of the, the Avalon keel uh, in the Avalon fishery over there in Cuba. Yes. Yeah, versus, you know, how, how applicable it is or the principle or the idea of it, you know, to, to a local scenario.
0: Well, the thing that that discussion did invoke a, a reaction on social media, uh, for those who don't know, um, we're going to talk to our guest about it tonight because he got roped into it too. But um, the troublemaker was Mitchell Anik, you know, as well. Um, but uh, <laughs> um, but Mitchell brought up some points and, and they're welcome points, in, in fact, because the whole, the whole point of the Intermediate Vice podcast is about observation translated to the vice, then the water. So you know, if he's found a solution to, to a problem um, through a certain technique, well, I, you know, I want to hear it. I think everyone would want to hear it, you know. But um, but he's referring to Dave Bradley talking about because you haven't heard it, right? That you haven't gone that far. You've got you've started that podcast, but haven't gone that far, right? Correct. Well, let me enlighten you, mate. The um, the subject came up in regards to the Avalon Fly which uh, I learned during the podcast there that it's a, it's a shrimp. I thought it was a crab fly because it's like a Kung Fu crab with the two bits of, um, fucking zonka hanging out. You yeah, know. yeah. Yeah. And the original um,
1: one was a shrimp, wasn't
0: it? That's correct. Yep. Yeah. And Dave pointed out on the show. Um, um, anyway, we got to the originator of it, blah, blah, blah. But, um, but you know, in the article that we sort of looked at, uh, that referred to it, which Dave already knew a fair bit about anyway, uh, you know like it's a shrimp fly but we also know that those atlantic fish um aren't feeding on the same benthic strata as as our our sort of fish so he was he was talking about the relevance of those um those keels as to the way that the original design was intended and that being that the fly was intended to swim up off the ground and it was to stop the fly from from twisting and you know or what have you not swimming straight um the keel the, the 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 mono loops with the uh, with the beads he was explaining that there, there's a must be a I don't know who it is there's a fly tire in Montana in the US who ties these these merkins with the um, Avalon style loop with the beads within with and sells them as in they were in, invented in X-mouth and therefore Xmouth you know so we talked about what 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 value does those loops add to um, when it was intended to be swimming Mid, mid or, you know, off the bottom water column above turtle grass or rubble. Now it's sat, it's sat on the bottom as a, as a static fly. Uh, you know, one, we're not using the keel, and we're not allowing it to click and get any noise, which is the other claim to that. So that right. was just – that was the point about it. You know, it wasn't calling everyone a fuckwit for um, for doing it. Um, but, um, you know, and Mitchell came in with his thing, and he said that he reckons he hangs up with lead eyes, which – uh, makes sense to me, but I would have thought adding more mono loops to the bottom would actually uh, add up to more things that could collect and more things that could hook up on a rubbly bottom or stuff like that. Yep. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, yep. I know what you mean. I'm just reading it through now. Uh, the conversation of it morphs into cones, and it's very healthy conversation. I, I just want to say, without having paid too much attention to it, your description of it sort of painted... Mitchell out to be a a bad guy, which he's not. Well, that's bullshit. I did not do that. (laughs) But yeah, he, uh, yeah, no, it's a, it's a good discussion. And, um, you know, you can see that, you know, that, that what conversation comes out of it is, you know, what, uh, what the fly is designed to do for what scenario, and you know, the, the thought process behind it. Is it translatable into a, into another scenario effectively or not?
3: Hmm.
1: Um, yeah, so you know, sometimes you could get lucky and think, you know, permanent Avalon crabs, and uh, and you know, in in Cuba, th- thus they're gonna, you know, a different species in a different scenario on the other side of the world is gonna eat them as well,
3: mm. and you might get lucky,
1: or so. <laughs> well, you might mm. not. I'm not saying that at all. That is just luck. I'm just, you know, because clearly results speak for themselves. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a tough one.
0: I want to paint a picture here to those that are reading those comments and and so they understand what it's like for me personally when I see a comment like that come up on a page that I'm involved in, that being the intermediate line or or a post about the intermediate advice. When I see Mitchell comment like that, I read that comment and I put the phone down. Then I quickly go to my cupboard, right? And what I do is I've got a tweed jacket with leather elbow patches and I put that on. I pour myself a cup of a glass of Hennessy, and I put a powdered (laughs) wig on, and um, and I find myself narrating what my my reply in an aristocratic accent, almost British sounding, um, thinking that you know we are learned gentlemen in a gentleman's club discussing this um, instead of reading the paper. That's the way I look at it. You know, there's no aggression there. It's just it's a meeting of the minds, or in Mitchell's case. A meeting of the ampullae of Lorazzini. <laughs> that makes oh, no sense at all. But you see, yeah. I don't have my jacket on. I
1: right? like it sounded super photosynthetic too. So, yeah, I, I fell for it. You know, no, look, yeah. he's uh, without slow mo video. I don't
0: know. I think it's um, conversations, conversation. I really conversations, conversation, mate. But uh, you know, uh, you know, it was good. And um, he roped. Which we don't want to get out of it yet, but we will lead into it. But we—he uh, roped tonight's guest into it, you know. And those those who are avid listeners of the show will know that tonight's guest is someone that we've, uh, you know, been pre-anticipating uh, for a while. <laughs> we, we asked him a little while ago, and he couldn't do it, and um, uh, and then he could do it, and then we had to fit him back into the the schedule. Um, you know, we had we had Dr. Owen Leon, and then we had uh, yep. N- Nikki. So we had to fit them two in, and um, then we've got, um then we, now we've got uh, Stuart, 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 we've got Stuart, or Stu, you guys watch Stu, right? Yeah, right. Casserole. Casserole. Casserole Dodd, yep. Yeah.
3: Cass-
0: casserole. The casserole kid, WA. So um, we're going to learn about Stu tonight, and um, and no doubt we'll talk to him about the Avalon, Avalonized Merkins, right? Yeah, way to put it. Become Avalonized. Yeah, like if you had a boat that was Avalonized, he would have two big long bits of mono. Nah, not working. Not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> you meant to stick up for me there and see what see it happening in in advance, bolts, and go, Chris. Nah, nah, nah,
1: nah man. I'm just nah. yeah letting you dig that hole and fall into it.
0: Yeah, you love it, don't you? You know what you like about it is the, not during the podcast or after recording, it's the messages you get after the release of the podcast. (laughs) Did you hear Chris fuck up that joke? Oh, my God. What a (laughs) fucking idiot. You know, what (laughs) makes you do it then? Come on. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, don't. All right? Okay. Cool. Tough gig. Uh, Anyway, mate, I think we've got a cracker show lined up for tonight, and, um... And I, I'm really looking forward to talking to Stu. He's an uh, avid WA fly show. I don't know how much of the coast he's um, um, discovered. Um, but I think he's done quite a bit of the West Coast from, from what I can gather. I yeah, do know yeah. that he's probably going to have some stories in regards to Fly Pirate.
1: Well, I'm looking forward to hearing those.
0: And I'm yeah. and I'm looking forward to see if he takes the Dero the what, what do we call him? The Dero from Gerald inside.
1: <laughs> I'm just looking through
0: his photos now, and I, I realise he's got an allergy to shirts.
1: Um, you know, it's an occasional allergy, but he, he loves catching fish and taking his shirt off. Mm. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> do you think that could be the uh, the way we talk in the uh, introduce the episode in in text form? Stu I died. Like grim
1: caps. He loves that, has an too.
0: allergy to shirts. <laughs> well, maybe we maybe could discuss it with him. His thoughts on being sun smart. Yeah, yeah. Jeez, he's got some nice fish.
1: Fucking hell, that's a nice one. Yeah. yeah. All right. Did you see? Did you see
0: money. just before we go a little bit of a hot topic? Did you? I, mean, I shared it on the internet. Like, did you see Bob Clauses now um, associated with Thomas and Thomas?
1: Yeah, I did. That's pretty exciting news for Thomas and Thomas and their affiliates. Uh, Bob Clouser needs no uh, no introduction. Obviously, one of the most versatile and and used flies in, in saltwater and, and fly fishing in, in in its entirety is the Clouser minnow.
0: Obviously, uh, obviously a, a very accomplished angler as well in regards to um, yes. you know the, the, uh, the publisher and all that sort of stuff. The, the the educational material that he's he's put out or whatever. But um, yeah, I guess it's true. Like Thomas and Thomas, the rod you will eventually own. <laughs> I mean, I geez, he was—he was pretty tied in with um with TFO for a while there, right?
1: I think so. Yeah, yeah. His, his name is synonymous with a number of of uh of Cla- lines over the,
0: the years. The TFO Klauser rod, I believe, as well, like right? Yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah,
1: yep. Yeah. Uh, Rio Klauser line. That was one of those for a while. Yeah, Klauser taper.
0: I think Klausers were like uh. I mean, it's a pretty generic name, right? I mean, <laughs> I, even I got generic. I mean, Klauser grade bucktails in my shop and. I sure as hell didn't get Bob Clauser's permission for that. Well, sure that's good.
1: Like. Well, who knows? Maybe
0: we can ask him one day. Alright, I'll spell it with a K now. <laughs> <laughs> There's always why, a way why mate. spell
1: why do you spell flies with, you know, an E Y E S or something like
0: that? <laughs> um all right, well look, let's say we uh, we get our guest on and um and move forward with the show. Move forward. Let's do it. Just got to keep moving forward, Volts. I think that's the key.
1: <laughs> that's so corporate. I love it.
0: Yeah. Let's see what this interview looks like. Yep. Yeah. let it. Alright, folks, welcome back, and if I don't introduce this guy he gets pissed off, you're here with my guest, uh, <laughs> Jeff Volta, my co-host, I should say, so we've done that, Volta, you all right now? Yeah, thanks, Chris. That's and we're also here fun. with our good friend, Stu Dodd, for his Doddcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. How you doing, Stu?
4: Oh, fantastic. Yeah, never heard of yeah, Dodcast yeah. before, but um, well, yeah. You're in the middle That's of one right now, dude. I know. Yep, chin deep. Happy for it. <laughs> G'day this is guys.
0: Our first, first Dodcast.
4: Glad to be here. <laughs>
0: Mate, thank, thank, yeah, man. Thanks for joining us. eh? like, uh, we've um, no we've toyed with the idea of getting you on for. I mean, well, not <coughs> toy idea. You've been fully in cahoots with us as trying to make this happen for a little while now. Mm. Um, and yeah. we're finally here, and we've done it. And um, we are. Yeah, and I think it, I look. It feels like a good thing so far.
4: How's oh, it absolutely. For you? Oh, it's glorious. <laughs> I, um, yeah, you know, it's not easy to get everyone um, together these days for any event. Um, That's true. A lot stuff going along. So, mm. you know, to try and get three three people on a phone conversation all happening at one time with, um you know, such vast time differences. um Yeah, here we are. Here
1: mate. we are, Stuart Is Accord. It? So I've got to
4: ask, yeah, man. Yeah. I've got to ask.
1: Um, do you – uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, you heard what it technology?
3: right, mate. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what technology you got happening over there, mate? Is is there? Uh, yeah. Is there five G, three G, Bluetooth? What's going uh, on?
4: Well, just um, I'm currently up at work at the moment, so I'm oh, i be scratching into four G territory. Um, yep. Yeah, like I quickly mentioned earlier, I'm on um, on these fandangle um, headphones, which. Um, they're, they're not connected by a cord anymore, um, okay, called sure. Bluetooth. Um, I used to like the old Bakelite telephone where you could wrap your finger around the little coils.
0: Oh, um, I that with A 55 double,
4: double numbers. That was awesome. Yeah, so yeah. good. Or with the, with the you know, the bungee on the telephone was about six foot long, so if you needed a little sneaky convo with your mates or, you know, convo with your girlfriend or something that you didn't want your parents to hear, you could drag the phone over to a door and kind of just like feed it under the door slot. <laughs> and uh, lay against, you know, lay against the phone talk, but no there's, no, there's no cables, it's um, 4G. Hopefully, you can hear me well.
0: What, yeah, what, what and, people uh, are probably, sorry, you're right, Stu, keep going,
4: Oh, no, just you know, just talking about the days of old. Well, like
0: pre, I, I, was, pre, I was, I was, I, I, sorry,
4: mate, well I was, sorry, mate, I feel it really pertinent to, to interject right now in a
0: real sense of urgency to point out that if people aren't picking up, we in fact aren't talking to the past, we're talking to someone in Western Australia, yeah. <laughs> It's crazy as it is. It's crazy. Technology's not that good <laughs> yet. We can't time travel through Skype, but we can talk to Western
4: Australia, which is
0: pretty amazing <laughs> technology, just,
4: really. Yeah, it's as close to going back to black and white magazines. <laughs> so where where are you where
0: do you work, mate? Whereabouts are? What part of the world are you in? Part of the uh, WA. Um,
4: so say, I is live. Is it, um, yeah, yeah, I can say. Nah, 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 no. I'm not that um, high profile. Um, yep. no longer in the SAS, so can um, – Oh, that's uh- <laughs> a little now. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, I work um, – like many West Australians, that work um, for a mining company, and uh, I run and repair water treatment plants. So it sort of sees me working in some more of the remote parts of WA. Um, so, yeah, at the moment, I'm a couple hundred k's west of Marble Bar. Um, it's normally an absolute furnace out here, but it's uh, raining today. Oh, strangely yeah. enough, which is yeah, it's been quite pleasant, giving all the little critters a drink. Um, Australia's hottest town, right? Yeah, Marble that's Bar. right, but not yeah, Marble Bar, not from um, I think just consecutive days though. I think right. Cooper Petey may be the hottest in actual temperature. Yeah, but um, I think Marble Bar wins by consecutive days.
0: I got a mate called Marble Peter Cooper, from Cooper Pedi. <laughs>
4: Fuck! You I always get um, confused. But, hey? Yeah. think he qualifies for town
0: mayor. Just Could do. I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it seems uh, – I don't know. It's, I think he spent a lot of time underground, which flips their names around.
1: <laughs> oh, fuck. This is
0: terrible. <laughs> oh, man. So you're nowhere, you're nowhere oh. near water. You're, you're nowhere near water right now, though, Stu, right?
4: Well, like you water. know, it's surprising. Well, no, there is. There is. Um, Because i have spent a fair bit of time out here, Um, we actually – I uh, have these amazing um, low satellite imagery of the area so we can look at bore fields and pipelines and bits and pieces and and that gives you a really good overview of um, any water bodies. So I've found um, some really amazing little billabongs and um, spring-fed um, like pools and stuff. Mm. So, um, yeah, there is, if you do scroll back fairway in the old instagram there is um some pictures of like tarpon and um and sort of um oh, what are they called now top of grunter uh there's spot, spotty grunt there's like a, spang- like a spangled emperor yeah
0: on the east coast i'm pretty sure aren't they uh, spangled,
4: now, you? spangled grunter spangled Chuck. grunter thank you thank cole you
0: grunter. Yep.
1: cole grunter.
4: Yeah. up uh, so they're, they're, I mean, they're really cool. So um, I have, I have, um, you know, slid the old four weight in before and gone dabbling out, around, out and about in my spare time, which is pretty cool. Um, it's amazing where you find fish um, out around these areas, which are baked hard, you know, for like 360 days of the year. But where the little pockets of water is, there's just so much abundant life. Um, and they're really fun, you know, great little pockets of water that no one would have ever looked at or fished or, bothered even, you know, spending any time looking at. So, um, yeah, that can be a heap of little fun just to sort of see the Arvos out at work and um, also it gives you a bit of a chance to explore and scratch so the itch while I'm away from the water. Somewhere
1: yeah. near, near Indy or Wim Creek or Mandala
4: Yeah. Clearly you've differs. got Google Earth Open vaults. Yeah, he's doing He's doing well. Um, at the moment I'm actually in a place called Redmont. don't know if that shows up. Um. Redmont. Redmond, yeah. So further south of Indy, um, yep. righto. But there are some major river systems that flow through a bit further north of here um, that end up out at the coast, up near Port Hedland. Um, yeah. So yeah, no. Look, there's uh, there's always opportunity where um, you know where if you're going to look hard enough, there's always opportunity to be found. So that's so where, that. So where are you
1: fishing, mate? Like if, if that's like I'm not talking about on your swing, but when you when you uh, when
4: you're flying out. Where do you call yep. home? Uh, home is Margaret River. Um, yep. So not really the best fly fishing destination. Um, for years, I was um, further south than that, Denmark, down on the south coast, which is um, well, what my mate Phil Jaggy used to refer to as the black belt. Um, it's pretty much just brim central. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yes, yeah, I mean, for a, for a long time, I, mean, I basically cut my teeth um in my early days fishing just for brim and then i got you know bought a fishing and spin and losing lures and all the rest of it which is kind of why um i ended up kind of switching to fly i really didn't know anyone that fly fished um and i didn't even know where to find a fly rod for sale i just um I it was when that movie came out a river runs through it it just sort of kind of clicked and i was like yeah that looks like something that i want to try so was that fly, um, fly casting or Brad Pitt? Oh, a bit of both, yeah. I mean, look, he's a bit of a, bit of a dreamboat in that. Um, it's, it's, uh, it, I mean, look, every time I'm rolling loops, it's hard not to picture his chiseled jaw and, you know, <laughs> fine cheekbones. You paint a um,
0: fine picture, dude. I'm going to have to look this dude yeah. up. People have said that about me <laughs> yeah, plenty yeah, times, bit, and I've yeah. they've actually never seen him more. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, that's interesting, man. It's, uh, I, I had this idea that you were um, pretty tra- well-traveled on the west coast, right? Like, I mean, it uh, looks like you fished, yeah you know, some pretty tropical areas. And we just say Denmark, right? Like, I'm trying to look for that. On, yeah. I'm on Google Maps too right now. Is that is that right so now Denmark, down the corner? Yeah,
4: down the bottom. Oh, I see, it. Um, I see it. Next to, uh, yeah, near Albany or what the east coast is called, Albany. Um, Wilson's Wilson's Inlet, that area sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Um, so... Yeah, look, there's um, quite a few fly fish shows over there now, like uh, yeah, Tony Ricci, great southern fly fishing set up down there now. Um, there's plenty of good opportunities for cold water fly fishing, a bit of salt water, there's a lot of inlets and stuff. So um, on good years where there's high rainfall and, and the inlets are open to the ocean for a good period of time, you get a really good marine exchange. So you'll end up with all kinds of stuff, you know, snapper and, um pretty decent salmon and um skippy and all sorts of things in those inlets so they sort of provide a bit of extra fun for like inlet bashing um yeah yeah, but I have traveled a lot up and down WA um I could just sort of have bashed up and down I was originally born in the Pilbara so that kind of always feels like home and that's my favorite place to fish is anywhere sort of above the 26 parallel where things swim faster and um their mouths are bigger and it Teeth are sharper, seems to get a lot more fun up that way. So, um, but obviously, you know, that's uh, time dependent. You know, I try and get up as much as I can, but while I'm around at home, it's sort of, yeah, chasing snapper or dredging for deweys or, um, yeah, just poking around the inlets and in bits and pieces. So, um, yeah, pretty much like I'm happy kind of fishing any particular way, but it's my favourite skinny water and sight casting, obviously
0: yeah yeah for sure man it's um my river's is a pretty interesting place man um you know pretty pretty well on the radar for waves there um yeah it'd be hard to sort yeah. of uh you get out get out and um and, and get and get tube dude you know <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah i do i i mean this is probably the wrong platform to admit it and um a few of my friends uh don't like to hear me say it but surfing is my first passion um and that's kind of my like overruling, um, you know. Kind of uh, that's what gets me out of bed every day. Yeah. But um, yeah, fly fishing is a is is a very re- really hot on its heels. And I'm kind of a bit. I kind not of know. I feel like sometimes I'm a bit like four people rolled into one. I'm a bit of a, a bit of a bogue And I like my you know vintage motorbikes, but also love surfing, and love fishing, and I love nature. So I don't know. Sometimes I just don't really know. You know what the hell i am I'm, um but i'm just passionate about doing lots of shit mm. and um but look fly, fly fishing's definitely been um you know a massive um part of my life for the last 20 years and um i did have a pretty serious surfing injury a few years ago so i wasn't able to surf for a couple of years so that's really when i decided to start hitting hard in, into fly fishing and trying to make something um, you know kind of pursue it a little bit more what was yeah. the injury? Detail. Um, I broke uh, two vertebrae in my back. So, oh. Um, oh. yeah, that pull, pulled on the handbrake <laughs> pretty hard. And, um, yeah, that was sort of a bit of a turning point. Like I couldn't um, – like I was a carpenter before that, so um, couldn't really pursue um, doing that trade anymore. So packed away the boards and packed away the tools. And yep. um, while I was healing, I just got – yeah, I just got more and more into um, – into fly fishing and um at the time I was um I've been employing Phil Jagger who um did Heads and Tails. Yep. Yep. Uh yeah, so and you know he's in he's an incredible fisherman Um and just lots of fun to have in the boat. Like anyone that's fished with him would just tell you the stories like he sings all day and he fires these casts off and the guy's an absolute freak. He could pull a fish out of toilet bowl but he um he would fish spin and i'd just get owned every time he we went fishing he'd just be pulling so many fish out um and i actually learned a lot about fly fishing for brim by having a really good um, spin fisherman standing on the deck and and just kind of looking at what colors he was using when and you know what sink rates and um retrieve styles and all that sort of stuff and i kind of integrated a lot of that into my approach for brim and fly fishing and that um, ended up, um, you know, really converting to pretty good numbers of fish. So that was pretty rewarding. There's,
0: there's no doubt about it, mate. Brim, Brim are no slouches for sharpening the skills of an angler. That's for sure. You know, it's um, I mean, I mean, I mean, you've probably heard us tease them on the podcast, and you've also probably heard us make, um, you know, make reason of it, I suppose. And it's only that they're so hard that people get so far into it that it's just low hanging fruit to sledge on. You know, it's oh, like, uh-huh. like trout.
4: 100 it's like wearing cr- crushless chaps you know ah, um, but, well yeah <laughs> are, are they comfortable or not are they are comfortable i mean look it's it's enjoyable and it's easy to sledge on um yeah, easier for a boat you, the sand. yeah yeah that's it but once you you know once you're locked into it it's hard to it's hard to back out yeah um you know it's just the comfy and the breeze bl- blows through and and you know like like brim fishing they're accessible don't have to go too far. They're right on the back doorstep. And, you know, there I, I do, there's like, I totally agree. There's the there's that kind of whole brim scene where you're just like, oh, man, there's more life than, you know, just chasing those stinky, spiny back things around, around the swamps. But they are, um I mean, God, they're good for your casting. And if you can keep your patience on a full day's brim fishing, it, you're winning the game because those things just, you lose so many fucking flies and you throw so many flies into trees and, and they're mental terrorists. Like those things will one day they'll just be on the bite and you just feel like you're the, you know, the king of the brim. And then the next day you can't even get a bump. So there, that's Mm. kind of what keeps you coming back to them, I suppose.
0: Yeah, mate. Well, I mean, given where you are as well, I mean, like it's, uh, I mean, it's probably worked out quite well as a natural progression, yeah, you know, I, I kind of can relate to a similar story. I mean, where I where I grew up was um, pretty country seaside town, I suppose. It isn't now, but it was then. And, and I mean, I, I surf. I thought surfing was it for me forever. I started when I was about six, and probably probably fizzled out around the late twenties, I suppose. But um, I've got a couple of friends, mate, that um, you know, took at least competitive surfing, if you want to use a measure like that, pretty far, and then just just started fishing. You know, like fishing, just sort of um. It ties in that love of nature, that the shit you see when you're traveling the coast and you're surfing the places you go. Just you've just got to tie in with it. Fishing just sort of yeah. does the same thing as well. And you know, if you want to argue that fly fishing takes that to a next level, just to the fact that it's so much harder to put something in front of a fish that you've got to kind of be uh, more aware of, of the fishes or emphasise with the fish itself and the environment and 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 their micro fluctuations, like you're saying with brim moving one day and you know eating one day and not the next. Yeah, it it just it seems like a pretty natural progression. I'm sure that you and I aren't alone. I know Volte's, um, you know, gets gets quite tubular as well, you know. But um... yeah,
4: oh, Valti's a bit of a wax head too, mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah mate. Skeg, he's a skeg, skeg, dude, for sure. <laughs> you know, full cool, cool skeg. Sick. So, so I when still... you guys come over to WA for a fishing trip, so it's going to be packing the boards too, then. Hey, well, it might have to be males these days, man. But yeah. um, but uh, oh, yeah, I'll... working
0: on the dad bod. Yeah, getting the dad bod yeah. happening for sure, oh, man. It's um, I, I had yeah. a
1: nasty injury on a short board once. Um, I don't, I don't like talking about it, but I sort of, I sort of tripped over it. Um, yeah, anyway, so, uh,
0: oh, getting up from the car park, Did you have your leg in yeah, the car?
1: Yeah, yeah, some, some inconsiderate fucking just left it there. Anyway, I tripped, tripped over it, uh, on my way to get something to eat anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but having said that, oh. though, like, I think, I think fly fishermen and, and stand up surfers have a lot, in common, um, I guess we all look down on boogie borders and, and knee borders as well, so
0: yeah, <laughs> probably more on knee borders, really. But yeah. you know, let's face it, yeah, yeah, um, yeah,
4: you know, I mean, just they're, stand they're, up, they're you're nearly in. there, dude, yeah, yeah. <laughs> find, find out what your legs are for, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. yeah right, <laughs> uh, We're we going we go, we go into, we go into dangerous territory here because our mate Deke's up the road, who you know, who um, Deacon's bloody top notch fly fisher, but he does gut slide. From time to time, so. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. He has been oh. known to get out on the, yeah, on the old, on the old shark, Bicky. But, um, yeah. Like so look, we won't. But,
0: yeah, man. Rossi's really disappointed now. It's a well. Don't let him, him get into the subject of drop knee. You know, if he, if, yeah. if the talking about drop knee and how close they are to standing up, we're going to be here for half an hour. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> let, yeah. Yeah. Let's let's move. Let's move from this.
1: Hey Stu, I gotta ask this. Did you um, did you uh, surf in Indonesia when you were younger, by any chance?
4: Yeah, yep, did spend a fair bit of time over. Um, God, did a big trip actually. Um, Tried to go from uh, where did I go from Java on a motorbike, and I tried to get across to East Timor,
3: right?
4: Um, Just a motorbike and a couple of boards and backpack and. Setting my way across. It was good fun. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I did spend a bit of time over there. Why was that? Oh, I just did I read
1: a story about you once paddling across a river, Mouth? Or am I thinking of someone else getting uh, having an encounter with a crocodile?
4: Oh, no, that wouldn't have been me. No. Nah. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> people,
0: <laughs> international people are probably listening to the way you answer that going, how often does this happen? I don't think that was me. That wouldn't have been me. No, nah. nah. nah,
4: nah. just a couple other little – yeah, a couple of little scenarios popped into my head, but no, it was there's not, none with a croc. Yeah, um, shark, maybe you got a good shark story for me to save you. Um, yeah, i got a couple of good shark stories. I did actually, um, once when I was up north, um, it was a surf trip, fishing trip. There was, um, there was a bunch of Mackies um, busting up offshore, and it, they were just there all day, and it was driving me absolutely crazy. Um, swell was too big to get the boat out that day. Um, so I jumped on my surfboard and I paddled out and uh, managed to get a cast into them and, um, and got a pretty good one. Um, and I thought that would do for dinner as well. So I necked it and tied it, um, my leg rope around it and paddled it in, much to the amusement of my mates on the beach. But, um, but no, nah, no crops. Um, but yeah, I have a few little sharky things happen as well. But, you know, this isn't the surfing podcast. This is No. Nah. This is You're an right. intermediate line. Sorry. Nah. Yeah. It's already
0: I did you know, I wasn't yeah. keen to bring it we up. A little cro- bit.
4: We don't want the chronicles of Stu. Nah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and, and we've got, guess who we've got next for This Is Your Life? This is your fifth grade school teacher. Say hello to Mrs. Crockett. <laughs> Remember her, Stu? Yeah. Nah. 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 <laughs> All right. Well, let's bring it back to a flight fly fishing podcast. Stu, okay. what do you That's what do you think of, you. of what do you think of commercial fly tyres who spell flies F L Y S instead of F L
4: I E S, mate? Um oh look, I'm not I'm not taking any sides. <laughs> um, I yeah. think um, Yeah. Yeah, I think you can, I think you can spell it how you want. You know, everything to do with putting material from the vice onwards is open to interpretation. Everyone's got their own spin on it. You can spell fly how you like.
0: Well yeah, in the, the
4: sport. If you're into the sport, you're good with me. Hey, what about spirit? FLY apostrophe S? Does that make any difference to your opinion? Yeah, I think that's probably how I spell it. Right. Okay. Um, so you're for yeah. it? Yeah. Um, I probably haven't even really given it much thought. Um, no, it was, with the hard hitting
0: hard uh, podcast, dude, it's the Dodcast. Yeah, these questions yeah. are going to
4: come up. Well, look now. Now I'm really my mind's spinning. I've got to, you know, I've got to really think back to how I've spelled stuff, but. Being not Amen. that much edumaca- being not that much edumacated, um, yeah. spelling. <laughs> yeah, I suppose, yeah, not. No, don't know. Can, I can't no, say giving it that much thought. No. Well, what oh, are yeah. you guys? What's your? What's oh, well, your I'm going to let NFL? you know first
0: of all before I answer that that you passed me flying colours there, and um, second <laughs> of all, my answer to your question is: I'm the host. I don't have to answer anything you say. Oh. Flying, flying
4: colours. Good pun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I saw it's you. Good.
4: I saw what you did there.
0: <laughs> I like these sort of guest vols. Let's get Stu on again. I guess this is great. Gets gets some dumb jokes. It's great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Look, man. We will talk more about the fishing for sure. But um, yeah. Um, so you mentioned that uh, you know you were born in the Pilbara, but you also mentioned it's your favourite place to go, right? Yes, hundred yep.
4: percent. Yeah. Yeah. No, right. It's a very very special part of the world. Um, yeah. I'm sure. I mean, countless episodes. There's been a lot of people on there. Um, that have mentioned how good it is. It's no secret anymore. Um, I know Voltsy, you had a pretty good try. Oh, Chris, you've been over here as well?
0: I've been, I've fished Broom and Cunanurra yep. around those areas. Oh, that, but um, That's right. Yeah, Yeah. But uh, that's the only part of WA I've ever fished.
4: Yep. Yeah, the Pilbara's just got something special. Um, there's no doubt about it. There's like so much open space and, and there's so many rocks left unturned. And if you've got a bit of a pioneering spirit and you're willing to just put in that extra bit of, um, extra bit of yard and, and, um, and take a gamble, then the rewards are there. And, I mean, so is the chance for epic fail, which there's been plenty of. But, um, you know, I write a good catalogue of notes on those trips and find out what worked and what didn't work and, and then um, on the next trip try and do it better again
0: when how old were you when you left there when you were like you're born there how long did you stay there for i was born
4: there uh we left when i was six um yeah yeah so pretty young but it definitely there's something about the place that red dirt gets in your blood and the um just the kind of pace of life um every time i get back there kind of feels like i'm sort of coming home in a way um but yeah i don't know it's it's hard to put my finger on um be interesting to hear other people's opinion on, on what it is. I mean, it's hard, it's hard to not love the place. And, and especially from a fly fishing point of view, there is absolutely everything you could possibly want really. Um, mm. So yeah, it is. Um,
0: yeah. Let's talk about did you, that. Did you go back for fishing or did you go back cause
4: for work or in like, something like that? Um, no, I went back for fishing. Yeah. Um, and so as soon as I got my driver's license, I was um, straight back. Um, and <clears throat> i just carried on going to lots of different spots. It was actually, Exmouth was kind of my least um, visited spot. Um, you know, the Dampier Archipelago always really interested me. Um, even places like Onslow and, and things like that, that which are a little bit less, um, you know, they're not, not as attractive, like sort of bit muddier and um, the water's not as clear and stuff like that but there's so many tidal creeks and places to lose yourself and um, still plenty of opportunities to to um, get into lots of good fish so um, yeah did
0: did you ever go somewhere I mean because I'm, I'm leading to a point here I suppose is that you've got a real mix of um, of of I mean, people like to discover ways you know like and you know places where people aren't People like to do the same thing with fishing as well. Did it ever cross over? Did you go somewhere to surf and gone? Fucking look at the fish here, man, you know. Or, look at that there's some mad flats over there or something like that, you know. Or you know, I'm getting that. well probably did you go yeah, surfing yep. somewhere and gone? Mate, that that reef is really standing up. Look at that. That's um coming back with my board, you know.
4: Oh, yeah, that happens a lot. Unfortunately, the whole time I'm fishing <clears throat> um half of my eyes are looking at potential surf and then the whole time I'm surfing my eyes are either on or kind of peering below the water. I'm always torn between doing the two sports. Mm. Um, Probably that coast between north of Quabba to Exmouth, um, there's lots of um, places where you can do both in the same day, get good waves and then go and have a good fish. But um, probably more diving. Um, Like anyone that's fished with me a fair bit knows that I like to poke my head underwater. Um and get a feel of what's going on, which is sort of um just kind of shaped the way I fish a little bit actually. Like if I fish an area, I really want to go back and have a good scour over with goggles and see what what it is that the fish are eating and what type of ground you know is on the bottom and um what sort of other stuff's around. And so it's um yeah, I'm always just really curious about every facet, whether (laughs) whether I'm catching fish or not, there's always something that intrigues me, whether it's the you know the micro little crabs that are getting around, or something. So there's always mm. something to learn. Mm. But there's but
0: there's nowhere where you you're just going like, oh fucking, why has no one told me about this spot for for say for fishing because we're a fishing podcast, so you know, yeah, like that you that you've discovered by accident or
4: because just from traveling the coast in WA. Um. Well, there's places I've I've thought about and then gone and and kind of gone seeking particular areas, say, looking for, you know, Tuskies or Bastards and stuff like that. Mm. I mean, it's pretty easy now with, um, you know, you jump on Google Earth and you have a good look and you go, all right, well, what's the closest spot to this point? So you find a access area and try and figure out how much fuel you're going to need and go for a look. And, um, yeah, so there's certainly – I mean, in the, in the more northern parts of the Pilbert, you know, you, you're starting to get away from – swell and the and the, you know it's a lot flatter um yeah g- generally so yeah you can just focus on on one thing and that's just finding fish i thought the waves sort of got you know started
0: to peter out past the x-mouth like you, there's ways yeah, but
4: yeah x is pretty much it yeah and even then you know like the swells it's not great it's kind of losing its legs and um from then on <laughs> you can pretty much just narrow it down to one sport which is uh makes life easier yeah so you've been living in x-mouth recently, right? Yeah, yeah, we just did uh, 11 months there. Um, we got drunk at a wedding and um, got chatting to some friends who we hadn't seen in a while, and they, um, they wanted to have a bit of a break from Exmouth, and um, so we just did a straight house swap. We moved into their house, and they moved into ours, so they went south, and, um, yeah, we had 11 months in the Pilbara, which was amazing. It was just,
3: That's yeah, awesome
4: to spend. Yeah, it was such a good opportunity. Um, yeah, it actually made me realise that as heavily fished as mouth is, there's still endless ground and particularly, again, being the advantage of being a fly fish show and, um, you know, you're looking at water that's, yeah, ankle to knee deep is, is, on, the, is on the program. You know, so many people yeah. are looking for something so much more than that, but there's just miles and miles and miles of flats and um and that's just perfect for us isn't it so um there's the thing with plenty X-Mouth, of ground that has yeah sorry mate the thing with Xmouth for people who haven't been there
1: is it's the vastness of it you know mm. you, you sort of get there and it's just yeah in in most directions it just stretches out um and you you sort of even though you know you're not the first person to be there like you know you still feel like bugger all others have you know um uh, so that's really cool. Uh, you know, there's just very little sign of other people there.
4: Yeah, well, that's right. I mean, the, um, and the diversity of the peninsula too. Like the Gulf side is so different to the, to the west side. Um, you know, that yeah. typical, um, you know, crystal clear sort of, um, you know, turquoise bay-esque water on the west and then, um, you know, with Spanglies and all that sort of stuff and then, yeah, switch over to the other side of the gulf and um you've got like giant herring and um and permit and and it's it's yeah they're two very different nurseries there's there's no doubt about that um and each each provides um its own thrill depending on which way the wind's blowing too which is handy (laughs) so you can um you can just jump from one side to the other if you've got the day's fishing planned and the wind doesn't end up playing the game it's not yeah. like it's completely over like how, you know, down south, if you, you, you do your best to plan a full day on the water and, and, you you know, you get prepped the night before and fuel up and get all your gear together and sometimes it just doesn't come together. If that, if that happens in x you just go to a different boat ramp. You just might go to the east side rather than the west side and you've still got a whole day of fantastic fishing. You don't have to compromise anything.
0: So for eleven months there, you, you had the luxury of picking your days, though, right? I mean, it's uh, it, the wind can be challenging in any part of the country, but uh, I, I believe Exmouth gets its, gets a share of wind at certain times of the year, so, and um, yeah, pretty yeah. pretty doldrummy. Is
4: so, you get the doldrums there as well? Or like, like, uh, like not that? like not like the not like a sort of um, probably not like a seasonal doldrum. Not like say Cocos Islands or something. Gets that you can kind of set your watch by. Mm. um i mean you've definitely got your more relaxed wind months but yeah generally it'll blow the white out of your teeth up there um Mm. but for every good blow you know you might get four or five days of absolute glamour as well um you just got to try and make yourself available as possible so i actually took five months off and um yeah drove my wife wife mad and went fishing as much as possible nice and um yeah and that was great yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you got five um, so, months of your yeah, life to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, you know, like I really took the lib because um, I knew it was going to be short lived. And um, yeah, look, with so much ground, it can be super intimidating on even where to start. But um, yeah, like the, um, and there's some great guys up there, you know, there are some great guys to fish with. And um, yeah, I did catch up with Deacon. That guy's an absolute freak. He's um, he's a legend. Eh? his fish, his fish spotting abilities are just—it's oh, just ridiculous. Yeah, he's, so he's a, a fishy a, dude,
0: man. That's for sure. Yeah.
4: He's a fishy guy. It's ridiculous. Like, I'm actually—I'm actually really colorblind. Yeah, and um, yeah. and if you were to get the basically the entire spectrum of colors that I can't see mm. and paint a fish with it, it's basically a tusky.
3: <laughs> like, that's <laughs> so. Funny. so
4: yeah, I can't really see like this, like greens and greeny blues, and and so and the, particularly the colour of the bottom around Exmouth. A bit further north, the ground's a different colour, and I can actually see them without too much drama. But for sure, yeah. in X-Mouth, like literally, I I could not see these things to save my life. They were so fucking hard to see. And I yeah. went for a walk with Deacon. And he's just like, got the rod tip. Oh, yeah, there's one over there. Oh, yeah, there's one. Oh, oh, yeah, there's one over there. I was like, man, what's wrong with this guy? Like I just made me think, what's
1: wrong with him, man. He's he's spent a lot lot longer, you know, below water, in the water being a being a boogie boarder, you know, like he's just closer <laughs> to the surface. <laughs> he's got highly tuned sensors, you know? Um, yeah,
4: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a bottom a bottom feeder. So he's had to he's had to rely on on, on what small values he's got and make them his strengths.
0: Yeah. Deacon, I wanna say that I didn't say bottom feeder. Okay. And um yeah. I just want to make that real clear that uh, that was all Stu because it's his podcast, yep. dude, and he's allowed to. So don't don't be too harsh <laughs> on
1: the guy. Ace unicorn,
4: unicorn. Yes, Paul, yes, Paul tower and my little anti-inflammatory <laughs> friend. <laughs> I've, I've,
1: I've been uh, uh, remiss to mention to the listeners that um, if people want to find you on Instagram, you go to Cape to Cape. So then yes, we can. Right. Yeah, and it might be worth uh, okay. people live, you're sitting there just fire up your Insta and look for yep. him. you can find him either under Stu Dot or um, Cape To K. Yes, um, Cape, Cape underscore um, two. Um, yeah.
4: Yep. T T O K.
1: And I'm I'm looking yep. at it, you know, and I'm I'm taking the view of somebody who might not be following yet, um, and you've just got a tremendous, you know, uh, you lead in. You know, like you got a. Looks like a black spot cod there. You got a nice hairy hot lips. They're one of the most challenging fish in terms of getting it to eat. You got a yep. nice mit- Mitchell Anak there. A nice Spanish, uh, Spanic. Did I say Spanic Spango. Did <laughs> uh, say Yeah, Hispanic. Yeah. And it's yeah, it's a it's a pretty it's diverse cousin. Yeah, pretty diverse. And so, tell me about uh, this boat, the Cape to Cape. Is that is that an old boat? Like, have you, have you taken an old hull and done it up, giving grandma some fake titties?
4: Yeah, yep, you got to respect your elders, so Yeah. Um <laughs> Yep, I um yeah, I've been banging around in alley boats for a long time and I did okay. a trip in a mate's boat but boat, boat that was glass and it was a game changer. I was just like, Yep, glass is is the way forward. It's so comfortable and quiet. And um but at the time I was not really in a position to just go and import a Cape Island 186 as much as I would have liked to have. Yeah. But um yeah. So, but I kind of—I don't know—I kind of like giving everything a bit of a crack. So, um, I just thought I'd try and um, just build build a um, fly fishing boat. So that hull is actually um, the old Bustleton Fisheries boat, I think from about uh, 1976.
1: Well, um, so nineteen seventy six. Holy shit! Yeah. That's, awful, that's- I should say it's sort of middle aged It's it's older than me. It's not as old as, Chris. Mm. Well, yeah. It's, it's not as old
4: as me, me now. Yeah. Nope. Getting there, so, though. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, that was even before the Goonies came out. Yeah, <laughs> um, Goonies was eighties. Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. No, that was good times. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I thought that was a real it was a real bucket of shit when I got it. Um, but it had the shape that I was after, so yeah, I stripped that right back um just to the yeah. bare glass um yeah and just did a full rebuild out of um plywood and and glass and prippy casting platform on it and um yeah long range fuel tank and and build it into the vessel that it is now and it's yeah, it's a lovely little boat does a great job it's heavy but yeah. um it's it's great for wa chop. i love um, that color too yeah. yeah, a lot of people sort of rip on me about the Smurf
1: blue. Um, oh, I've got a joke for you, mate. What's blue and runs yeah. down the runs down the inside of Papa Smurf's leg? Oh no, no.
4: Oh, I, I I'll keep. My, Do it. Nah, there, can't come. answer that. We're by doing it. PG
1: Smurf. <laughs> yeah, but I, I tell you that's a smurm. That's
4: a smurm colored boat. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> I was gonna Skook. say. <laughs> I was going to say, like, little, little Missy Smurf Sand or something.
1: Well, very clever. Um, <laughs> smurfette. Little, sorry, Smurfette. smurfette. <laughs> little Missy Smurf. So <laughs> it was, was choosing that colour an accident, given that you're blue-green colour blonde Or is that...
4: Sort of um, yeah, I mean, it's probably looks a lot nicer to me than it does everyone else who've got normal functioning retinas, but... Um, <laughs> Oh, it looks great to the, me. It's really good. The I went for all Aussie products, and that's a door yeah. glass product. And I fit. They only really do a range of about five colours, I think. Right. And um and blue, blue the um botany blue as it's called, um, was one of those colours, and that sort of was my preferred um colour. And I also wanted something that sort of, um when you're in in close fish and skinny that it it um you know it's not too doesn't look too blocky uh, kind of blends in a bit blocky as in a permit
1: as in not
4: uh, <laughs> <laughs> No, sort of like i didn't want um like it to look like a real big um like anything just too out of place like i feel like yeah. if you're if you're in the water i know when i'm like in the water and you're underwater and you sort of look up like i mean it's the wrong color blue for the sky but it does does kind of blend in quite well yeah um so I was just—I mean, the bite I'd had that before that previously was black. So, uh-huh. um, and instead of being maybe Smith, it was maybe it was it's gargamel. been over gargamel, yeah, oh, and my that, that, that wretched cat. <laughs> um, maybe I was overthinking it, but I always felt like that was a bit of a bit of a sore thumb on a on the flats,
0: right? Yeah, hmm. I'm looking at it now, Stu. Like, what did you use in the interior, dude? Have you—I mean, it, it looks like. Um, most people would use flow coat in there, but it looks like you know, like this has gone into a mold. It's obviously pretty smooth. You must have painted it, right? It fared it and painted
4: it. Uh, yeah, so that's um that is a that is a flow coat um that I put in how there.
0: how did you get it so smooth? Oh, it's just skills. Skills? <laughs> skills. <laughs> that pay the bills, man. Is like. it is it but is it ph- photographic skills or, or actually uh flow nah. code skills?
4: Um oh look, I taught myself a lot of things on that boat and it isn't actually that perfect in real life um yeah. it did actually i was actually fairly happy with the finish um like um yeah like i had the spray equipment and i just took my time and i took two years from start to finish to get that all done so um yeah so i just kind of routed it out in the driveway and it turned out pretty good uh, a lot of the products mm. that you can buy these days are pretty amazing so they make up for kooky operators
1: hey i'm just looking at one of these photos here man it looks like you're in the uh the fireman calendar is that uh um oh that
4: yeah that'd be yeah 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 that yeah that's a um that's a bad day at work that one when <laughs> down in a uh a very deep hole with a sperm suit on in probably 40 plus degrees um oh. <laughs> yeah. a
1: sperm suit too like a uh, sperm is?
4: suit's one of those white Tyvek um asbestos suits that right. they don't, they don't breathe. Yeah. Yeah, right.
0: Mm. Yeah, it looks, really looks riveting stuff.
4: Tough Can't work. actually find that
0: one. I imagine a lot of listeners are probably having trouble finding that one too. But um, yeah, probably, down probably a little bit.
1: I can see after he worked on the boat for a while, he developed uh it must have been itchy work using all that fiberglass because he developed an allergy to shirts. And uh,
4: <laughs> 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 yeah i've always suffered from that allergy unfortunately for what would you use
0: long. yeah what would you use for filler when you were fairing that stuff i've got a tick chip for you that might be good to the listeners who are working on glass too that i learned off um tony lamazria it's uh what do you did you use did you use anything for did you use i won't even lead the witness I just want to hear what you say
4: um so when you say for fairing just like like smoothing smoothing everything off
0: so if you need to bog anything or um, or even use oh, bog as yeah. adhesive, you know, or something like that for, for your cap or, um, uh, yeah, you
4: know. I was just, using, um, yeah, Q-cell um, for, like, coving the corners and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, I just kind of built it like how a chippy would build something. So it's probably yeah, – It looks like bracing I mean, ply. If, Is that bracing ply? Yeah. Uh, it's marine ply. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So – um, but I, 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 also ran, um, like where, where, you know, so where corners and stuff would be also ran a lot of like 45 and 30 degree fillets and stuff out of timber. Um, yep. yeah. And filled in all the corners, but yeah, fire away with your tip because you know, I want to build another boat. So I'm all ears.
0: Talcum powder, man. Like put, you, put talc, like you can use talc as, um, bog as well. Like to mix out, you know, if you're using polyester, even, uh, even vinyl, it doesn't matter. I don't, I'm not sure if you can use talc with epoxy. Someone might be able to correct me with that, but, um, um, but when powder it, in,
4: you just pour it into your glass.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm sure it's not the scented stuff that, you know, like Voltsy puts in his socks, but it's, um, yeah. but it's, uh, there's some stuff you can get from glass supplies. It's, ta- it's just called talc. Bit, and you put that. Put, than,
1: yeah. Then cure ash. Yeah, it's man. Cheaper. Hey mate.
0: Yeah. Sorry. We're talking, mate. Um, <laughs> I can't, I feel terrible now. What are you going to say, Volts? Keep going. not Nah. No, I've been no. using cure rash. It's the one you use for for
1: for um, rashes and sensitive skin and tinnier and stuff, you know.
0: Yeah, cool, man. Anyway, yeah. Stu, yeah. the um the talc, mate, you just um <laughs> you just rub it on your skin and you know, you look like Casper the Ghost, but you don't get itchy. Oh,
4: so it's got a it's got a twofold um like you can use it you can use it for filling, but you can also rub the lotion on its skin.
0: Pretty much, dude. You can put it on your face, scare the neighbours at Halloween, but you uh-huh. and you won't be itchy at the same time.
4: <laughs> man, that was one of the massive downfalls about fucking around with fibreglass is the itching. Oh, it is yeah. just the worst. It really is. I kind of said, I, I said I'd never do it again. I was really happy with the product, um, the finished product, and yeah, it's a great boat. But, um, God, the itching just brings back nightmares.
0: Let's, um, you watch dudes who work in, like I, I went to golf. I, I go to Gale Force. That's how I know Tony because he, he was the dude who started Gale Force Boats and I'd go down to his shed and see how my boat was going and um, and none of those guys, they're all in t-shirts, they're all smoking darts. The place, you can smell the place from the driveway which is like a 500-meter driveway into a cane field. Just the pungent stench of fucking glass, you know? Oh, and and it's these guys not, just, mate. he's working it all fucking day. The whole, everywhere in the shed looks like it's got stalactites stallic tights there for how many boats they built there. It's It's crazy, you know? But, um, Tony helped me. Oh, sure. I, I I gutted a boat down like what you've. I, I I didn't I didn't use the same material. I used structural foam, but I uh, I laminated, made my own uh, stringers and bulkheads and caps and stuff yep. like that. Kind of what you're doing. I did did a lot of work and learned a lot of stuff along the way. And 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 I was fortunate enough to get Tony to help me. So some of the tricks like that with the talc were um, invaluable. And like it was to to him, it was like you don't know that. And I'm like, dude, I don't make. I'm not a fucking, you know. Um, Shipwright, you know. And uh, the other yeah. good tip is that a good while you're grinding glass, instead of wearing a mask, have a durry hanging out your mouth.
4: Yeah, what? Winnie Red, hey.
0: Yeah, that's um that's one of Tony's tips too. You know, I like, got my mask on. Yep, <laughs> and uh, probably, yeah. <laughs> probably a better
4: yeah. filter. Yeah, I feel I feel like a prerequisite probably for is. working in any fiberglass factories like stubbies, mm. a singlet, yep, and a pack of Winnie Reds, and just. Because there's only one way to stop fibreglass entering your lungs, and that's just cover those lungs with a good, you know, just a good filler of... Yeah. of oh, fuck. Uh, Get that of, black uh,
0: lung batter going.
4: Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, you forgot one other
0: safety element, and that is the, um, the service station sunglasses for when you are, you know, doing any sort of, um, you know, electrical machine work, you know, whether you're cutting yeah. up with a grinder or, you know, electric fairing or anything like that, you know, orbital sander, stuff like that. Just got to have those sunnies on.
4: Absolutely, um, it's the imperfections. We're all about PPE on the podcast.
0: Yeah, well, and it's but it's also about it's the imperfections that um, shipwrights (laughs) look forward to, mate. You know,
4: don't ever don't ever
0: work with a shipwright, mate. You know, then (laughs) just a word of advice there. You know,
4: I think it's um, it's kind of something that I'd recommend anyone do though is to have a crack at building themselves a boat or like refurbishing a boat or gives you a massive appreciation of what goes into it. And then um, you also get such a kick out of just cruising around in it once it's done. But I suppose that's probably, you know, that's probably any boat really, isn't it? Get it's itself a nice boat. It's always a happy thing.
0: I did it because I was Pavo, and um, I was a yeah, commercial yeah. fly tire as a living and, um, yeah, I didn't have a lot of coin. But it was definitely worth it. You're right. The satisfaction of it after it's done is I took about the same time frame as you. Like I probably took about two years to do mine um you know for various reasons i don't know how long it would have taken me if i it was say it was a full-time project and i just had the time to work it off from start to finish i, I still think it would probably take would have taken me six months maybe i don't know maybe not it's hard oh, to say. i think
4: so it's massively time consuming um you know mixing all the products and then you've got to you've got to lay them out like a like a small house you've got to take into considerations for where the electricals going where the plumbing is yeah. going where the water's going to be going like it's, um, you know, if you're really digging down deep and changing it structurally, you've got to go consider a lot of things before you drop that glass in because once that stuff's down, there's no turning back. Um,
0: yeah. So. yeah, that's, that's funny to yeah, say it. Like, I, there's, there's two things that I can relate to there. Like one, when I, when I got into it and decided to do it and I took everything out um, and then Brought it, brought it back to a bare hole. I spent two days just walking around the fucking thing and drawing drawings, you know. Just two days, probably yep. easy two days without without doing anything. And mm-hmm. then um and then I started quite tentatively like not wanting to break anything, wanting to get the formulas right and all that sort of stuff. But then, you know, I kind of realized that with, with glass, it's not finished until it's finished. You can fuck it up and you can move it. Yeah. You know, quite easily. You just, you know, a grinder's a g- great, great friend for that sort of stuff. Provided you're not finished, you know? but even if it is finished, you know, glass is so easy to, I mean, I would say it's easy to work with, but it's just not, not nothing's the end of the world, you know? Nah,
4: it's, yeah, you're right. If, if you, you know, if that, something doesn't quite work out or it cures too quickly, like I, I foam-filled all of that boat. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like a lot of projects, you, you sort of read all the, you know, forums and bits and pieces and, and I ended up trying to track, I was really conscious I wanted to get the, the foam that wouldn't, um, you know, wouldn't hold any water. Yeah, the closed um, cell. Closed cell, that's the word I was looking for. Yeah. And um, anyway, I, you know, worked out my measurements, bits and pieces, and, and the first batch that I knocked up, like, it, I sort of mixed it over on the bench, and I, and I made the whole boat in the, in the carport, and I mixed this, this foam together. I put the two parts together, and I gave it a quick whiz, and I was, like, sort of walking towards the boat, and it kind of turned into a run. And then this thing, <laughs> oh, my God, it was like a jack-in-the-box. It just had these, like, sheer sides on it, and it just kind of grew out of the bucket like a giant towering worm. Mm. And um, and then I just sort of thought about throwing it at the boat, um, but then at the last minute panic. so I, I just headed for the wheelie bin <laughs> and just kind of lobbed it in there, and oh, I just – now, that stuff is so invasive and it reacts so quickly. And because I did it in summer too, I think the heat had a bit, bit to do with it. But, it does. Um, yep. after, yeah, after that, I am I'm, I'm knocked up much smaller batches. But, um, yeah, the driveway, you know, forevermore had these little foam, you know, like piles all over it. And the, and the inside of the wheelie bin had dramatically um, decreased Changed in volume.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it gets hot too, that hey? so, oh, shit. Like it, it would have like uh, – it could have easily set – you know, whatever you had in there on fire, like the heat that 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 shit produced, that plural component of urethane, it's fucking, it can be pretty it's volatile. Yeah. yeah. You're right. Like if you it's can... in winter, you hit it with like a heat gun and it will, uh, it will, you'll get more volume out of it. Like as it'll, um, it won't, it won't expand as much in the cooler temperatures. It, it needs will. that, yeah. yeah, yeah. It needs that heat to, um, to, yeah, to, to reach its full potential. That's for sure. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah, the whole thing's like a a uh, pretty big learning curve. That's why I wonder if it would have taken me six, uh, probably a, a boat builder or someone does it every day, you know, like it's probably a, a month or two project for them, you know, but while you're learning, you know, I had trouble with, um, uh, with the fairing, you know, like trying to get, trying to make my own uh, vinyl ester fairing compound with, with the Q cell yeah. and cabosil and all that sort of stuff, you know, um, you know, like real light stuff. And I wasn't, I was doing it in and I wasn't getting the heat in like the, uh, in the, um, in the thin like really when I'm doing like a, like fairing it with a screed, you know? Um, yep. Yeah. Oh, I mean, this is why I say like, you know, like boat builders, they just like the imperfections, but when you're doing it for yourself and it's your project and it's your baby and you're like, I only want to do this once. Like you're out there with sidelight and you're fucking making it like just smooth as a baby's oh, yeah. bum. Yeah. And, and, you're,
4: and fuss, you, you're fussing over
0: it. Yeah. And you, you take that to a boat builder and they're like, what are you, what, why, why are you doing that for? Yeah. The, um, <laughs> the high build primer will yeah. cover that. You're like, no yeah, why? Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. It's all a learning curve, isn't it? I mean, I suppose yeah. like, like everything, I mean. Yeah, I mean, you should see me trying to stack deer hair. It's disgusting. <laughs> it looks like something that the cat weighs up on the carpet, you know. Like <laughs> when you do it over and over, like like anything, you, yeah, you yeah. get good over time and you get proficient and you know what the steps are. But, yeah, when yeah. when it's your one boat, you, you do all the wrong things before you make it right and, um, and that's the reason why it blows out been two years. So that's yeah, a
0: but, boat. Like you said, it's probably not something you'd wish on anyone, but if you did it. You know like it's uh it's a great experience that's for sure
4: yeah yeah the only thing i would wish on, maybe i'd wish on someone is a like an enemy maybe putting um you know maybe that two-part foam up their exhaust pipe or something like that <laughs> Ooh,
0: yeah. yeah yeah the reason i know it's so much oh, about is i actually so. use it in my work at the time as well as, um quite a bit so i wasn't just using it i knew about how to use it before the boat but even single pack urethane, like the stuff you get in the trigger guns, or maybe you might get from Bunnings or something like that, like the Sicker Sicker Sicker, Sicker Boom they call it. The stuff from Bunnings and stuff that's less, yeah. way less quality. Some of the stuff that I've seen get done with pranks on site and stuff with that stuff is, is um, it's pretty good stuff. Oh, hey? Letterboxes, <laughs> eskies, yeah, you know, car locks. You can squeeze it right in there. Pretty good. Oh but, uh,
4: yeah,
0: yeah. Exhaust pipes are a, are a good one, but it tends to rattle out pretty quickly. That just blows out. 'Cause it's so dusty inside those things. So just don't go wasting your sure. foam on that one. But um well, yeah. there we go. Yeah.
4: Speaking from experience there, you've had a few vendettas in the past.
0: Oh, I've seen it, man. I've seen so much stuff. I've seen it go on <laughs> people's hair and it's it's just it's it's pretty nice. <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> great prank, great prank stuff. Anyway, this is not a plural component urethane podcast. Let's get back to the fly fishing, no, shall we? Let's rain it in. Geez, yeah. we're really going off on tangents, aren't we? Uh oh, we're tangent lords man. <laughs> yeah. Lord Tangent from Tangentville. That's that's Volte's official title.
4: It's true. Yeah. Sounds yep. like Valtie still struggling with a bit of um post covid cough there. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah.
0: How's the energy in that cough? <laughs> uh, fuck. Yeah,
1: no yeah. I got on a, got on a piss on Saturday night and now here it is Wednesday and I'm still not oh, feeling great. yeah. <laughs>
4: Oh, is it? It's not even worth it these days, the the benders. I know. I know. I mean, it just hangs around like a bait fisherman's esky.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, on the turps in your 50s, what a great example. Good on your Volts. (laughs) (laughs) It's all that, uh, yeah, as you lose testosterone, mate, like, um, you know, your ability to handle the alcohol decreases, I believe, right? Oh, I
1: don't know, man. Like, have you had a blood test lately?
0: Um. No. Listen yeah, re- listen, Lord Tangent from Tangentville. I will tell I, you what we're gonna
3: I reckon, do.
1: I reckon I reckon you should go and have your, your Christosterone or your Christogen lovers. Oh,
3: okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry. Yeah, cool, man. Um, all right. <laughs> all right. Okay. This podcast is one of the most entertaining podcasts that I've ever done. That's for sure. The, the tangents are <laughs> fantastic. Are we going to talk um, oh, fishing man. at all? Yeah. What is your target? Yeah, I mean, what, is, what, is your, what is your focus on there, mate? Like in that, in the 11 months you're there, I would imagine you would have taken a small amount of time to get to know the area, then going, you know what, I'm going to become an uh, insert fish species there, um, Lord.
4: Yeah. Um, I kind of went there with three fish in mind. Yeah. Mm. Um, really wanted to um get permit um sort of bit figured out um i really wanted to try and get uh, west aussie bonefish and i was also really um excited about getting into some giant herring believe it or not Mm. um yeah sort of had a little bit of a um a little bit of a tangle with giant herring way back and then just they're one of those fish that you know people do get them down south over summer and stuff as well um and pretty good size but they're just you know sometimes there's those species that sort of elude you and then like they kind of become a little bit of a monkey on your back and even though they might not be that prestigious they sort of turn into a bit of a thing yeah so i I suppose giant herring was kind of one of those things like wherever wherever i was they weren't and had been going on like that for a long time and i'd actually put quite a bit of time into to getting and it wasn't you know not like they're on this giant pedestal but i was like i just want to get a a fucking giant herring you know um so um, fortunately pretty early on in the piece um i spent a lot of time fishing with connor luff he's he's a he's a great lad to have in the boat um and we had some pretty fun little sessions on um on giant hezzes. so we ticked that box pretty early um and then I uh, did end up getting onto some some permit, which was um, was good. Ended up getting an um, Anak and a block Eye on the same day, off the same flat, which was pretty exciting. Um, you guys still there? Yeah, man. Listen. Oh yeah, sure. I just thought my headphones went a quiet there, and um, but unfortunately the um the um. Bonefish never came, never came together and I'm putting hours, hours and hours and, and the same again, it's one of those things like I think some guys just rock up and just get it get it done on the first mm. day um, but we well, did find them um, but they were never in the mood never played the game and I spent so many hours you know, tacking around down in the likely areas and it just didn't come together for me which was disappointing but it's always good to have something to go back to um, mm. there were many pleasurable hours but that was sort of the that were the main focus and then um, obviously um, yeah just the usual suspects on the side like a, I love a good tusky bash um, and uh, yeah and this it's it's reassuring to know there's still good numbers of those around as well yeah um, I generally fish further north for those um, but you know XE has become a bit of a spear fishing Mecca, um, and obviously the humble um, tusky is a is a pretty predominant um, Spiro's choice, uh, but there are still good numbers there, so that, that's fun too. Yeah, so so with the just taking you right
0: back to with the um, with the GHs, right? Um, yeah. You, know, you were saying that was a bit of a goal about it, and like you, you mentioned there in your words that you know they weren't they weren't somewhere they weren't there wherever you were which is something yeah. I reckon a lot of people can relate to. Um, um, did you do much – did you do – like, I mean, it sounded like they kind of fell in your lap a little bit. You might have got shown a bit with with um, with Connor. Um, but uh, did you have to do much to adjust around to try and make that goal happen or it just sort of, you know, was was accessible because of the area? Or is it I'm, – I'm just trying to understand that statement about they they never were where you were. Is that in relation to x yeah.
4: Um, oh, that was sort of leading up to Exmouth as well, because I mean, they are pretty thoroughly distributed out through the state. Um, and in, in the summer months, you can get them in, in, in the southwest. So, um, and guys do get them, and I have put in the time, but, you know, it's, um, and that's sort of, I suppose, what I mean by that they weren't there where, where I was. Um, just whenever I've got reports that, you know, um, you know like I say, the Hot East live. Um, blown for a few days and the, the strong west lid come in and that normally seems to fire them up a bit down the south to go and put in some time. And, it, you know, yeah, you just end up with um, without kind of meaning to you end up with a fish that is sort of comes a little bit of a nemesis. You're just like, oh, I just want to get this job done. But it's actually proving a lot harder than I thought. You don't I think you're kind of initially set out to think, oh, I'll tick that box and then I'll be happy. But, um, yeah, they were they were hard for me to kind of, track down initially but um sort of uh what was it would have been in spring when the water was just starting to warm up in the gulf um we were looking in the more likely kind of areas unfortunately we had two glamour days and and came across really good numbers of them and um yeah they were a lot of fun and that was just some some really fun sight fishing and um yeah some like Pretty hot action for fairly short periods of time through stages of the tide, but um, yeah, it was just rewarding to try and finally get wrap my hands around a decent one and sort of have a look at it. And you know, whenever you whenever you get a fish that has kind of eluded you for a while, when you first get one in the net and you look, have a close look at the head and you see how the gills are set up and the big eyes, and you know, it's just sort of that kind of gratifying moment, I suppose, when with any species that you've been. Wanting to tick off for a while, you have a quick look at them before you, before you let them go, and it's it's just yeah. I suppose that's just that part of it. You have a quick, quick squizzy beak, and then you can kind of kick back and go, all right, cool. That's tick that uh, one off. Tick that one off. I made a you know big fucking hot cloud over it, but you yeah. Know, when you finally get it done, it just yeah, kind of makes you pretty happy, really.
0: I understand. I'm kind of similar. I, I can relate to that. Like um, yeah, yeah. But I mean um yeah those are situations where you travel for something you know it's a fish you want to tick off in, in my opinion i guess but i mean I guess it would be hard to differentiate when you know you've got 11, year, 11 months there it would just it would it still wouldn't have felt like a permanent move it wouldn't have felt like any time to relax i'd imagine tell us about um uh, tell us about the uh the grind with the bonefish a bit more in a bit more detail um,
4: yeah look that's i suppose it's it's kind of a I could could consider it maybe a touchy subject. I mean it's sort of um you know, the guy's a guide there, that's that's sort of um you know, that's their bread and butter and a big backbone of their probably income and and a big part of a draw card for people that wanna come there. So I was always really conscious about not being where they would want to be. Um, mm. perhaps and um just trying to sort of sort of fish the kind of shoulder areas and um and you know there there are a lot of people that know roughly where they are, and and you do put in the time. Um, look, I'm sure there's a real um, code. Perhaps there's a there's a you know a very reliable um, cycle, or and, and it might even just come down to being able to know what to look for because they sit pretty deep and yeah. um, they're bloody hard to spot. And um, yeah, I just you know I feel like we we put in so much time, but um, I don't think it was actually out of doing anything wrong or um, being in the wrong place at the wrong time. It was just a case of just didn't, yeah, didn't come through. What, what were yeah. you doing
0: to mix it up? Like, I mean, you just, I mean, the, the, what they say, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing, and expecting a different result. Like, you must yeah, have Yeah, I mean,
4: tried, yeah, tried different. Um, uh, do, look, tried shore base, um, tried um, rather than, um, neeps, just that mm. big spring. Uh, big springs, I just thought perhaps that really big surge of um, oceanic water flushing into the lagoon, high oxygenated water and um, sort of staring everything up. Um, I thought that might improve a bite or improve, um, you know, seeing fish numbers. Mm. Um, yeah, look, like the ground, there was, there was times when I know there was, um, you know, people on the same flat And you know, they got fish, um, you know, ten, fifteen, half an hour maybe ahead of me. Um but yeah, it's um uh, you know, they call what do they say? They call it chasing ghosts. Like it it kind of feels like they're such an elusive fish because you you can't really um you can't really get a really solid grasp on where they where they are. It's not like you're just seeing them here, there and everywhere. It's not like, you know, this you'll see so many permit and spanglies and goldens and all sorts of stuff while, you, while you're trying to chase those fish but you can't get distracted because you just gotta keep yeah. that you know keep that fish fly on and you know we toyed around with um much longer leaders and i i personally kept going light um a lot of guys there fish quite a lot heavier like 16 pound upwards um so yeah look um it's, it's hard for me to really um okay. I've like I've don't been want to talk about it because yeah I, I, I didn't get the job done.
0: No, but it's the journey I suppose that a lot of people will be interested in. I'm interested in it as well because there'd be there'd be a lot of people that have, you know, are, like I mean you've left Xmouth now, but there'd be there'd be people that are probably in the middle of uh, a species that they desire and haven't cracked it yet. Um, mm, that that, yeah. that lives somewhere, you know, that like are just interested yeah. in, in relating to your story, I guess. And I guess that's what I'm trying to, uh fish you out of you, I suppose. Um, oh, true. Yeah. So yeah. I'm probably not answering it right. No, I no
4: think, you, yeah. mate, there's
0: no, there's no wrong answers, mate. Just, um, wrong people, you know. Yeah. So it's, uh, that's what <laughs> I've always thought. It's, uh, <laughs> 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 no, you do it, mate. It's fine, mate. What are you saying? <laughs> I'm joking. But I
4: suppose, wow. like, all, all aspects, um, yeah, you can't, um, <laughs> well, we definitely, I was, um, Definitely not just trying to repeat the same thing i i mean it might have been like the lotto number you know you rather than changing your numbers every week if you just stick with the same thing over and over and over again, you know perhaps that'll that'll work mm. um yeah you know yeah i I've mucked it, around a lot with different different fly colours, particularly weights, you know different weights of flies, tongues mm. and eyes We've um seen uh only only twice. We saw yeah. them, and the the one time that we we know that we really saw them, they they weren't mudding, they weren't feeding, yeah. um, they were they were just sort of sitting doggo, and, and yeah, you could have just driven the boat straight over, just and, just um, right on
1: top of them, and they, then you see them,
4: yeah, yeah. We when we did
1: it, we they reminded me of big schools of mullet, and um, mm-hmm. what what struck me as unusual about the Ning, ningaloo was the um. But the whole area looks like it could have fish, you know, we're all the way from, you know, the tip right down, you know, like it, even though there are definite sort of jump-ups in flats, you know, the the difference between the flat and the, the not flat next to it isn't that great. Oh, you know,
4: that is, yeah. yeah, that's actually so true because miles and miles and miles of it just look like such fishy ground. Yeah. And it's just not, like it just won't have anything on it um yeah. and i suppose there's going to be such micro subtleties that people that um consistently get them will know and then that's that telltale you just whether it's slightly siltier or yeah you know, slightly gravellier sand um but yeah you're right it all just it all just looks so bloody good that how do you differentiate between looking bloody good and excellent um and for other species that are probably a bit more prevalent it's sort of easier a bit easier to figure out yeah. um for your you know your spanglies and stuff um but yeah god those bloody bones it just drove me mad and you know as soon as you get, as soon as you get pissed off about it you kind of you've lost the game and and some days i i just get so I, I just get so shitty i'd come home and i'd just be like why can't i get this done mm-hmm. um but, yeah, I suppose you've got to leave a couple of boxes unchecked or otherwise there's no need to keep going back, is there? That's yeah, true. Yeah, well, that's
0: it, eh? Mm. Mm. Very true.
4: Yep. Yep. So, yeah, you can't make everything you master. But, um, yeah, X um, is something for everyone there. There's no doubt yeah, okay. about it. Well,
0: yeah. Yeah, okay, because so Ningaloo is like um, – you know, it's it's not really – I mean, Exmouth's a headland, right? Isn't it? Or Exmouth the town up on the headland? It, it, like it, Ningaloo sort of exten- – <laughs> I'm going to have to go on Google Maps, but it extends around a bit further south, doesn't it? Or is it that it's whole peninsula. thing? It's a peninsula. Ningaloo. a yeah. peninsula. You know? Sorry.
1: But, sorry. Yeah, you're right.
0: But Ningaloo. Sort
1: of- is on a peninsula. I wouldn't call Exmouth town a headland,
0: though. Would, would you? <laughs> no, you're right. You know, it's not a headland. Headland was the incorrect terminology that I used there. Thank you, Vols. I, I do appreciate you coming to my rescue grammatically many times Sorry. on the show. No, no, it's 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 appreciated, my friend. A
1: bit further up the coast, there's a there's a port with a headland on it. It's called Port Headland. it's, <laughs> it's, it's amazing? Yeah. It's yeah. Right. right.
4: I'll look for that to not, um not, to not to get confused with a headlamp, which is what you know some miners use in the dark. Oh right,
0: oh, <laughs> so, right. There's no yeah, port headlamp. No. right. Okay, I'm really, I'm really putting a lot of things together here that really failed me in previous years. But I think a lot, um,
1: a lot think of the my, names in in WA are, are sort of like literal. So like broom hmm. is the flats there are really, really sort of clean because ah. I've been swept swept with a broom. And right. yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, right. Okay. Well, then
0: tell me, tell me what the deal is with our uh, West Intercourse Island then. Uh. Well. Maybe East Intercourse Island. East well, Mid, intercourse island. there's, a, there's yeah. a lot of li- yeah. linear, uh, sorry, literal meanings. I'm guessing there's a as a logical explanation for that one, sir.
1: Well, what about X well, mouth? Well, maybe there. there's
0: no. There, yeah. there used to be a mouth there.
1: <laughs> All right, yeah. Maybe it's right. maybe
0: it's missing a letter. A Coral moment. Bay.
1: It's. Yeah. La- ladies and yeah. gentlemen,
0: you've just witnessed another reason why is called Teflon. You notice he didn't answer <laughs> West Intercourse Island. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, that
4: was. That was pretty quick, Chris.
0: You fucking tacked that right on there. Yeah. yeah. Well, West Intercourse Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about it on Cranky's show. I remember it um being a, a point oh, of a point of right. our subject yeah. there. That's yeah.
3: Right,
1: but, yeah. What about Denmark? What or what happened there?
0: I don't know. Maybe Mark lived in a den.
1: There you go. Yep.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
1: Potentially.
0: Mm. I don't know what he did wrong, but there's got to be a reason why they named the town after it.
4: Should we go the whole way around Australia and just totally derail the podcast?
0: Well, what about Sunday Sunday Island? Does that make sense? (laughs) 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 Mm -hmm. What about was Gough Whitlam somewhere on a Sunday and named his group of islands or something? Maybe. I don't know. Look, you know what? This is dumb. I hate this part of the podcast. It sucks. Okay, cool. Let's keep moving. Come up with something else, Teflon. Look, tell us
1: about where... you'd like to – was was there some undeveloped fisheries at Exmouth you'd go back? I mean, you're there for 11 months, so, like, you probably only got to hit everything once in in its season, so to speak. Yeah.
4: Yeah, I think it's a good – is a good base, um, Mm. but I still think further north um, is is my favourite. Um, Yeah. Yeah up the road without naming too many spots. You don't have to go too far, but basically you start heading north of Xmouth and you're really going to start coming across um, some seriously unfished ground and, and really, really untapped um, fly potential. So especially out where a cranky is and um, there's, there's even more ground and even less people. So yeah. as good as Xmouth is, it was a great place to base myself um, so I could be close to those um those more northern realms because um yeah. that's at the end of the day, that's those areas there that excite me the most. Um so yeah, There's that still was. Still some um, unfinished
1: business there. Like did you get like a big G T on the flats or did you see like heaving schools oh, of
4: milkies or bumping yeah. or something that you Yeah, to get you back know, to. The, hmm. yeah oh the G's. I was so unlucky with G's. That actually is another fish that I really wanted to tick um, mm. off a big G. I've, I've been really unlucky with my Gs um, just from various things happening and sharks and bits and pieces. Like I've had a really good – probably my biggest G got, got shark right at the last minute. Um, but, um, yeah, oh, man, there's so many good Gs and they're just oh, – they are such a tough fish. they just – to try and get one to stick and, you know, for it all to come together – same deal. It just didn't happen for me, but um, had so so much fun trying. And um, <laughs> it certainly wasn't lost attempt. There's, um, yeah, I would go back. I'll do another. I would do another six months there just to just to chase G's. Actually,
3: mm.
4: yeah. What time of year would you go? Uh, I would go from August till Christmas. I reckon. All right, and yeah, uh,
1: would yeah. Would you go
4: spring? Run? Ningaloo or or golf side? Uh, I think golf boils my cabbage the most. Boils your cabbage, Mm. yeah. Nice, nice. And springs or neeps?
2: Mmm.
4: Ooh. (sighs) Probably, yeah, neeps. Neeps. Yeah. Right. Cool, man. That narrows it down a lot. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Yeah. Why neeps? Just the visibility. Biz, yeah.
4: yeah. Um you do get some magic on the springs. Um but generally, yeah, you just got so much more opportunity. Um I feel in the on the on the niche, just everything's moving a bit slower, you can move slower, Viz is better. Um if you get those glamour days and yeah, you just you just get spoiled. You can really cover a lot of ground and, and see a lot of good fish. Uh-huh. Um I feel like when the springs springs are doing their thing it's such a it's such a short window such a quick rush in rush out and and it you know the action definitely happens but it's it's bam bam and then it's over um and yeah if you you know you're putting in quite a long day to get get some of these areas you want to you want to get value for money and try and be out there for as long as you can yeah um particularly particularly fishing with connor you know he doesn't have he doesn't have kids and um you know, he'd be like, Oh, one more cast, man. Well, let's just let's just try this spot, let's try that spot and it's easy to get caught up in that enthusiasm. And um yeah, that would see me getting home at nine o'clock at night and being in the doghouse, but it was definitely worth it. Too late.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's tough one Yeah, day. no half
4: no half days fishing with Connor, that's for sure. It's all in he sounds sounds like a mad dog, you know. Yeah, oh, yeah, he is. Great fun to fish with and he's got a killer set of eyes on him, like because um, yeah. he's so tall, um, like if you, if I were to get myself and then stand myself on my shoulders, that's about as as tall he is. So he's got a really good vantage point spot fish. Yeah. You, so
3: you're pretty close. How tall to are you?
4: Sort of. uh, I'm about five eight. Right, yeah, yeah. And yeah, how, definitely how tall well, is Connor? I'd be about seven two. You serious? <laughs> Carol, nah, what are you, boss? You're,
0: you're seven for one, aren't you, mate? You're just a little bit shorter. 6'11. The yeah, Sasquatch.
4: Oh, yeah? yeah. Yeah. Now, I don't know. I don't know. He'd be, be 6'3, but I mean, way up there, you know, close to the sun, he's got a really good vantage point. You can just see fish coming mm. from miles away. So, um, yeah, but no. T-
1: two undeniable f- features with really tall people. They, they should be longer casting and they can see fish a lot further away because they have better angle into the water. But um,
0: can't balance as well, though, right? Yeah. Uh, they yeah. can't
1: balance as well. Yeah. yeah. I did reach. notice that. Yeah. Yeah. Dan. generally yeah. like um same problem with giraffes they uh, have trouble getting blood flow to their brain so they're generally is that true yeah yeah that's true really wow yeah yeah so that's yeah. why a giraffe has to get down on his knees to drink and to think yeah so is
4: that yeah, true, true. Oh, there we go. Mm. yeah well, we like, like, like to head out for a full day's fishing with um about 300 mil of water and yeah. a pack of Allen snakes alive which um, God, I still do that. It's so bad. Oh, really? It's so Yeah, bad. I do. You've got to look after yourself. Like, that's a reminder. Yeah, like, man, sit, sit down, drink some water. It's 40 yeah, I was, degrees. Like, I was just about to say, eat, and
0: someone's got to remind, remind me to drink as well, you know? Yeah, I'm,
4: that's, uh, that's yeah.
1: true. But it's it's funny that he took snakes alive. Um, I bet you he's teasing you because, you know, you're, you're colorblind, <laughs> and you'll end up with all the orange and green ones. So, yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah, well, there, I thought there was only – like I thought, there was only two pack, um, two colours in that whole packet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh,
0: what's your so, favourite colours? So, yeah, that, you have this purple. Yeah, I mean that, that, yeah, that orange one. It's great. Yeah, yeah.
4: it's even better when Greg, Greg fly pirates on the boat too, because he's um, got the same colour blind issue as I do. So, um, yeah, then you know oh, the navigation nice. must be incredible. Oh you know. yeah, 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 yeah. So we're, we're, at a, we're at an
0: hour and eighteen now, and we haven't even got onto Greg. And I really thought that this show was going to hold a lot of lot of um, Greg centric stories.
1: Can we, can we rip on him? Oh, can we just get
0: stuck yeah. in? tell us, tell us yeah. the most, tell us the most unbelievable like story
4: of survival with the fly pirate, mate. Oh, you need a second God, to compose without- your story. Nah, look, I've got, there's so many, there is so many, we've had so many colossal fuck-ups and he's just, the, he's just the worst, because he's just, he is like, he's a human banana. Um, <laughs> in terms of bad it's luck, just, as well, it's, it's, just a physical attribute?
0: Anatomically. No,
4: right. <laughs> <laughs> nah, in the terms of just once you, once you put him on a deck, like, you just never know what's going to happen with the ocean, and you never oh, yeah. know what's going to happen with the vessel, but... Oh look! Without going without going into too too long a story, when um while my boat was was in during construction, um just to fund the last stage of the project, I sold the boat um, that I'd had previously to sort of pump the funds in. And so I was boatless for a period of time there, and um and he bought that um that really fugly little ski boat sort of thing which ended up becoming the jet boat which he spoke about on the podcast Mm. and um anyway i think it it came with like a five or a six horsepower or something which died and um his hairball idea was to put the um the mercury tower of power um off my boat onto his which was a um you know it's like a 70 horsepower two-stroke um come on off a you know five and a half meter of, like heavy glass boat and putting it onto his boat which oh, God, i don't know i can't remember how long it was but the thing only probably weighed 100 kilos yeah and um so it's like putting the hind legs of a donkey onto a frog um seriously you know over horsepower
1: oh yeah gotcha. and um
4: yeah yeah does that make sense so anyway we've um so we whacked the motor on his boat, and then and then he's he's um, got a job up north, and and he started um, started living up there. So anyway, we we kind of pretty desperate for a Pilbara trip, and we didn't have a boat, so we're like, look, let's just let's just use your like monkey craft and with the unreliable, unknown, unused um, two stroke off the back of my boat, and um, yep. and go to a trip. So anyway, we um, so I drove the fifteen hundred k's up there, towed it up there for him, and then. Uh, we just set sail and went straight out to one of the Dampier Islands. And um, oh, we just had so many problems. And the, um, he's pretty, Greg, to his, to his credit, he's pretty amazing at turning shit in the strawberry <laughs> jam. Like the, the first day, um, the first day, the boat, um, what happened now, the, we ran out of um, hydraulic oil, ran out and so we couldn't trim it down so we jumped in the yeah. boat in the morning it'd been trimmed up and it's stuck so <laughs> he swam back to the he swam in and grabbed some cooking oil off the beach and filled uh, the reservoir cooking oil that, yeah so we, we managed right. to get that going and um <laughs> but it, we couldn't really get it to trim down properly so the um so the thing was i'd stand on the on the leg of the motor and kind of bounce up and down while he, he hit the trim button and eventually we would get it to come down and um anyway that was sort of like the modus operatum for the day and um but he like he's um he's got this uncanny ability to like he's super smart but he's also super dumb um he's like the smartest dumb guy i know um and we were just putting along and I, he was driving and I, I thought he could just see this shoal in front of us so mm-hmm. I, I you know i didn't like sort of not your boat. Tell You're his not captain. Yes, no. I'm, I didn't want to tell his mum how to make babies, so I was like, oh, I just, oh yeah, he'll, he'll just put around that. It was only small, but um, in the end, he's gone straight over it, and um, that's just you know given this all mighty <coughs> bang. Um, and uh, yeah, I was a bit, I was a bit rattled actually. I thought, like, oh, geez, that's that's pretty gnarly. Like we're a fair way offshore here, and um, anyway, it should be all good, but. Anyway, it appeared to be all good and then the next day we jumped in the boat and we're putting along and then the um, the whole motor just decides to come off the back of the boat and disappear into the drink um, <laughs> fortunately we're on one on the flats at the time and it turned out that when he when you hit the shoal yeah. it cracked the mount and no. um, and it's that uh, that opportune moment the um, yeah the motor had leapt off and jumped in the water and I just ranched the back of the boat dived in and sort of was like cradling this giant motor because um, it was sort of about waist to chest deep, and um it was only just sort of hanging on by the steering cables and stuff and um anyway we was were it still going the um couldn't we, have yeah it was still going managed to True. managed to turn it off like um hold it this motor was going that's fucking no, no you couldn't have been holding it where the motor's going you would have chopped your legs up right Oh, yeah no, sorry, not not like it was in um he you know put into neutral um you know it was gurgling you know fart and carrying on and anyway, boat
3: oh, wow, yeah, just turned right.
4: off and either the um I don't know something happened a few it either stalled or the fuel line snapped or it was all it was all you know all happened pretty quick anyway, he's jumped in and we' have managed to wrestle this thing back onto the onto the back of the boat and found some <laughs> ratchet straps and just ratchet it to the back of the boat and um. Uh, I think we we're well, probably, we were probably an hour. Um, good steam from the boat ramp, and um, it just we just were so lucky because uh, a bloke he knew happened to be out there that day, and um, and he came over and ended up picking up Greg, and the trip was over. You know, we we were, I think we're planning on doing four or five days, and and so the call was is that I'd try to make my way back to the boat ramp in the broken boat. I couldn't steer it, um, and the and it would only sort of rev to a certain point, so it wouldn't get on the it wouldn't get on the plane. Um, so it was just sort of putting along with a nose right in the air. So the only way I could get it on the trim was to sit on the bonnet of the boat. And um, so we managed to get it going, and and then I was sitting on the front. And I piled a few things onto the front of the boat to sort of get it to trim, and and the only way we could steer it was by leaning it like a you know like a surfboard. <laughs> um and <laughs> so while we while we were sort of getting going like greg's um mates come alongside and greg's jumped onto his boat and they've zoomed off to go and collect all our stuff from a nearby island and uh, which left me on the front of the boat laying on the on the bonnet um of the boat just leaning against the swag with um with my phone i was just navigating my way back to the um to the boat ramp, so. I just yeah. had to like lean real.
0: The boat. Did you so? Greg jumped off without saying, "Hey, dude, I'm bailing." He's just. You, did you think he was on the boat? No,
4: no, no, no. We've made a plan. So, oh. Greg, Greg's mate, Greg, Greg, and his mate, we're gonna go back to the because there's no way we're gonna get get Greg's boat back to the island and then back to the boat ramp. Hmm. So, and we we're tied. You know, the tide was against us, so we thought, like, I'll I'll just start making my way back to the boat ramp. You know, this thing could only do sort of like ten knots those guys will go and pick up the gear and then they'll come and they'll come and find me. Cause it's sort of, you got to, there's only one way back, you know, you've got to navigate your way through the islands and bits and pieces. So, um, so that was basically me sitting on the bottom of this little boat, just like leaning to the left and the right to try and steer through the islands and make my way back to the boat ramp. And, um, anyway, I was pretty, I was pretty dirty cause I'd driven 1500 K's. I caught one spangly at that point And, um, we spent most of the time with our heads um under the deck trying to fix something wrong with the boat. Um anyway, I was just laying there sort of thinking, oh God, you know, this is a long way to come for for not much of a reward. Um but then, you know, I realized that we had an esky full of beers there. So I just got stuck into those. And as the trip passed on, I was kind of getting more like lighthearted about it and kind of see the funny side of it. And then the the next minute, a big boat comes roaring up beside me and I thought that'd be Anthony and Greg, but it wasn't. It was just some other guys. That had um, seen the boat just it, from from behind. It looked like the boat was just driving itself because um, there was no one in it. It was just parting along, and um, they couldn't see me laying on the bonnet because I was leaning against the windscreen mm-hmm. against the swag.
3: <laughs>
4: and um, so they were just, you know, flabbergasted. They'd pull up, pull up next to this boat that looks like it's just ghosting <laughs> its way along, and um, yeah, it was just me sitting on the bonnet trying to steer this thing back to. Um, yeah, back to the boat ramp, but um yeah look we managed to get it back there, but look everything that could have gone wrong went wrong on that trip and it was just an absolute stinker but um <laughs> you know that's the sort of stuff you just yeah Like now you know like I'm I make sure all my gears all buttoned down and spend a lot of time doing maintenance and um getting everything right because yeah. yeah when you go on that far to do a good trip you want to get the rewards um but yeah look you know it's always it's always fun with greg but um yeah there's been plenty plenty of times when we've yeah we've just got ourselves into some right old mischief and it's only laughter it's managed to get us through you know
0: <laughs> yeah yeah man Sorry, i, I man. agree i would like to, i would like to prepare the, the seven P's ring ring true in my mind before a trip like that for sure but um you got to kind of wonder you, you, you know your lot, you lot you know that's 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 a lottery trip you know someone like that. that could have been so much worse that sort of shit trips like that oh. So much yeah. worse. And sort of
4: in, in the back of my mind, I, I kind of know that stuff, but like uh, Greg's always so philosophical and so full of optimism that you kind of get caught up in it and you're like, yeah, you know what? We don't need a boat. We, we can just use a unicycle to get there. That's fine. <laughs> um That's so good. And he sort of <laughs> lulls, you, he lulls you into this, um, you know, this drug-like state where you kind of, you know, you, you kind of, well, he's the fly pirate. He just has this ability to kind of convince you that the wrong thing's the right thing to do.
1: I've, I've got a question about, about him. You've been to his house?
4: Oh, yeah. Is there any mirrors there? Oh. I don't think so. There's lots and lots and lots of broken boat shit.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that was no, shiny cool. enough.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no. Is, is he aware then that he looks like uh, he could be a body double
4: for Rob Schneider? Um, uh, <laughs> no, nah, it's never, never come up in conversation. i never actually looked at him like that before.
1: Yeah, okay, cool. He's, he's a great actor, by the way. But yeah,
4: no, you just, won't be yeah. able to unsee it now, though. Yeah. No, nah, all right, okay. Yeah. yeah, now you brought it to my attention. I'll have to um, do a comparison. Mm. So yes. I'm reaching That's a good idea.
0: idea.
1: No
0: doubt, but I'm just, yeah. Anyway. Look, it well, looks like he's not he's not a twin, you know. So, I mean, you know, there's a little bit of leniency there, Volts. We can yeah. give it to you, mate. What do you reckon, yeah. Stu? Yeah. 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 We'll throw him yeah. a bow. I reckon yeah. we can. Yeah. I mean, we're now at 30, mate. <laughs> we can't expect a lot from him, you know. Yeah. Low T is associated with low low uh, endurance, you know. So it's, um, Well, this is true. It must be
4: getting late over there, you know. It's only 8.20 here for me. It is, not What are you cracking a solo, are you? Mm. Yeah, nice. the thirst crush. outs a lot on the fizz, so I can slam it down fast.
0: You guys still have the ads on TV over there, wouldn't you? Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. The um, guy in the kayak sliding down yeah. the hill through the – Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I yeah, know one. I remember it. Shows, it was on the, shows the 80s over here. What's that, yeah. mate? Yeah. Yeah, oh, it still shows daily. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Have, yeah. You, seen that, have you, you seen that show, McGyver, yet?
4: Yeah, that's just come out. Oh, that's man, that guy's good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's yeah, he's a little bit like Greg, actually, to you know, make a map or <laughs> motor out of a
0: paper clip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, mate, it's amazing. There's so many yeah. shows yet to come that are going to be great for you guys, like the A team, like A Pity the Fool, all that sort of stuff. It's going to be great. Oh, so much to look yeah, forward Yeah, nice.
4: Cool. I
0: you, yeah, yeah, <laughs> heard of that yet. Well, I'll tell you. Uh, so, do you I guys think... want
4: to talk about, um,
0: yeah? No, nah, I just, uh, Just we are just, we, we really got to get off offending Western Australians with this this thing, you know. Like we we make a real habit of doing it. Sorry, West Aussies, We really don't mean it. We're just being affectionate. Love you guys.
4: Nah, no no one takes offense. I think it's just nice to have these um colloquial jokes that mm. um you know that we've come to know and love from the podcast. It's like staying aggressive.
0: Staying aggressive. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, yeah. That. that one's that they're one's like, hung they're, around.
4: Like, they're like catchphrases. Yeah. (laughs) There's this great there's this great there's this great show on just um WA at the moment it's called Alf. Um (laughs) and Mel says Yeah, "Yeah, that's right. Hey Willie, where's the cat? Oh man. you, you
0: know,
4: these little these little things that you guys say, it's it's heartwarming really. We just we just like to be we're just glad that we're considered somewhat special. (laughs) Very <laughs>
0: special, mate, mate. If you, gonna, if you were gonna, if you're gonna fish out your days anywhere on the West Aus West Oles coast, where would it be? Yep. And you can, you can't say Brisbane.
4: Oh, is Tasmania part of Western
0: Australia? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a really tough question. It is a tough question because um, there is a west coast in Tasmania, but is um, it Australia?
4: Was that a serious question? Where, where yeah, would I no, live? Civilousness... in all seriousness, yep. so if you're
0: gonna if you're gonna pick somewhere to live out the days of the Dodcast, you know, um, yep. Yep. where would they? Where would you be <laughs> in West Oz? Oh God! Let's just like a... don't don't worry about civilization, how it's going to work. Let's not worry about any common yep. sense shit like that. Where I'm going to get fuel oh, from or food okay. from? But oh, fish, fishing all that wise, stuff.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um I would be um There's a special little area that is north of Caratha, the South of Port Headland. Around that kind of area is where yep. I'd spend my days. Yep.
1: Tell us yeah. about that spot so we can all crash it. <laughs> um, no.
3: <laughs> is, it a, is it a flat?
4: Um oh there's multiple flats. There's multiple yeah. reef flats. Um, yeah, it's um, oh bountiful. You know, that's your Harry Hotlip, um, Tusky Bastards, all that yeah. kind of ground. Je- oh, it's just, geez, there's, there's all the things. Um, it's hard. It's inaccessible. Um, you've got to plan well, and it's, um, it's worth every bit of um, – peril that um comes along with it
0: there's an island there called the push island do you know yeah it? yeah i do know De island De island that's, is
4: it uh, right Depeuch, yeah that's where the hms beagle landed in the 1800s had charles darwin on it when he was an apprentice
0: bernicom wow yeah amazing
4: Everyone's inscript- was my joke because inscriptor- i thought
0: it was it looked like Depeche mode for me. I was going to go, and you're going to be in oh. full Depeche mode, which was dumb. But we're an oh, hour and 30 yeah. into the podcast, and this is the sort of level of humor that we bring to the table at this point. Yeah. It's not unheard yeah. of. Stable Island, looks like some great flats around there, mate. It's got to be some, um, some fantastic flat ooglies around there. Is that the sort of area we're talking about there, mate, or are you unable to reveal the destination to that sort of detail?
4: Um, I won't go into too much detail. Um, just because yeah, look, it's not it's not my zone. Um, not guys, zone, bro. I get it. Not my zones. You know, people fish around there, but um yeah, pretty much there's a there's a strip of about three hundred kilometers, four hundred kilometers there that you'll um yeah, if you wanna if you wanna roll the dice and go and lose yourself, that's the place to go and get lost.
0: Yeah, wow. Looks like you yeah, need
4: a sat phone there. Yeah, I don't even know what that is, but um, um, it's yeah, a way I to keep in to be, contact with your o double five numbers, dude. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah,
0: that's a sat phone,
4: satellites, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I remember yeah. hearing about one of those ones. Um, yeah. yeah. yeah now, without without sound, it wouldn't Sputnik. be caky or sound like an asshole. But it's not. It's not my um. Yeah, I don't know. Just don't want to. Just don't want to name names. But they um. That's definitely a pretty saucy region. Um, yeah, right. yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It looks For pretty sure. good, mate. Looks like a lot of estuaries yep. around there too. eh? you know that, that sort of area. that that yeah. stretch of coast, I should say. You know, not not pinpointing your area, but. Um,
4: oh no! Nah, look anywhere through there, you're gonna. Yeah, you've got you've got plenty of Barra Creeks and you know you know Jack uh, mangrove Jack rock bars and. Um, yeah, all sorts of business. Um, hey. It's the kind of area you take a full, full box of every assortment of fly because you're going to lose everything and chuck everything in one, you know, on a trip like that. You'll do everything from blue water to barabashing. So it's pretty cool.
0: The part of the strain never ceases to fascinate me. Like uh, when, when surfing Google Maps on it, I, I just, I would imagine it'd be, there'd be a lifetime between Carrara and Port Headland, you know, for sure mm-hmm it's, it's yep. just just don't live long enough to, to um fish the, uh the no. northern western Australian coast that's for sure
4: yeah look and the guys that are based up there um you know are certainly lucky because it's a long stretch to plan a trip to get up there but if that's sort of your front doorstep then it's very accessible to to go and um yeah to go and reap those rewards and um yeah you know like guys like All those Cookie diamond days. Is is a testament to yeah, what what can be done up there. I mean, the guy's that's his backyard and um yeah, there's so many incredible fish to um, you know, throw a fly at that you just take your pick, you know. Whatever whatever floats your boat.
0: Yeah. No man, pretty amazing. Look, Stu, mate, we might uh we might let you get going, dude. We know that um that Alf's coming on soon and um Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we Look don't want you to good. miss out on that. <laughs> Gordon Shumway, don't <laughs> wait for no one. No, no mate, they, they don't. Yeah. Different strokes would be on after half, right?
4: Oh, yes.
0: What are you talking about, Willis? <laughs>
4: oh, yeah. Oh, I love it. God, we're going to lose so many people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Looks some cute. Young
4: Bucks just going, what the hell are these guys talking about?
0: Yeah, that's all right, mate. They'll, they'll get there one day. They've YouTube. I'm sure they'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, um, true. All right. all right, Stu. We'll we'll let you go, dude. And um, no worries. We'll keep, but we'll keep on trucking on.
4: Yeah, great chatting to you, lads. And um, cheers to the chat. And we'll, um, yeah, stay aggressive, Australia.
1: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I love That's it. Sick. Thanks. <laughs>
4: Thanks, Stu. All right. No Check worries, lads. Time, Catch man. you.
1: you, you no problem. Thanks many. for having us.
4: Cheers. Baby. See ya.
0: Some master Teflon moves in that show too, mate. Well played. Like a fucking Teflon ninja. Yeah, man. You
1: know? Yeah. All right, he bounced off
0: me. All right, Teflon ninja, you're on.
1: Well, welcome back, listeners. Welcome back to the outro of the Intermediate Line. Fucking eh? A guy uh, very entertaining and, and loves a chat, eh?
0: Yeah. Look, man. The, the guy, um, yeah, the guy does love a chat, mate, and you know knows his way around the West Coast. I'm sure. But the one thing we didn't bring up with him that we mentioned in the intro, was talking about those fucking Avalon flies.
1: I I lost it when he did the the Gordon Chumway voice from mouth,
0: you know? Yeah, I don't uh, think Gordon Chumway's from mouth. But anyway, those flies, mate, we really missed a... um, We we really missed a... Is (laughs) is he? I don't think he is. You know what? I don't care. But but why don't we ask Stu anyway next time he's on? Stu, what do you think? Was this Gordon Chumway involved?
4: (laughs) Like... I don't even know who Gordon Chumway is. Hey, what are you still doing here, mate? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it's he was so gone. I was, I was, speaking no, rhetorically. No, he's lurking. It's
1: lurking in the didn't
4: background. Hello, hello. There's this little red button here on the phone. It looks like a hang-up button, but I just thought of hang <laughs> in while you guys are still talking. I was just eavesdropping to see if I could pick up any secrets,
0: any goss. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, it's only about this That's time that Valti starts ripping on the guest, but um, but I, like, and I'm normally yep. talking him down, but. Seeing you're here, you know, what what a, what what a criticism do you think you would have given yourself on the show, mate?
4: Um, oh, yeah, maybe I didn't listen enough to the um, to the questions, and I probably didn't answer them properly, and maybe nice. I, I didn't talk about fishing enough. <laughs>
0: That's all right, mate. It's um, don't beat yourself up. But what you can do right now is you can redeem yourself and um and talk us about the um the incident on the social media post that we referred to in the intro, which was mm. the post that Mitchell Anick brought up. Can you tell us a little bit more yeah. about what what he's bleeding on about?
4: Yeah. So the um the crabs with the dual keel sort of was born out of um well two things really um. When I was just started tying crabs, standard merkin, um, which is basically a, a DC isn't it? That's just a pippi fly. Different, eh? <laughs> um, But anyway, um, yeah, I finished. I finished tying a merkin, and, and you know, you, you drop it on. You finish tying it, you drop it on the table, and I look at it, and I just think it looks flat like a mm-hmm. spider. Yeah. Um. And really, what I was trying to achieve, like when I'm poking around. In um, reef flats and stuff with the mask on, um, a lot of the time you startle a crab, and it will lay flat. But then when you pursue it and it starts to move, they they actually are angled. Um, you know the back legs are lower, and they stand up and they start to crawl away. And sometimes if you approach them more, they will try to stand their ground and they actually stand up into like a little fighting stance.
3: Mm-hmm. So
4: that was my original intent, was to try and create a fly that didn't just sit flat on the bottom, but it had that sort of, um, you know, 25 degree angle of of something that would look like it was trying to assert itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I tied a bunch of those before, um, before the appeal trip to the Mecca area. And in doing so, I actually found that those would skate across the kind of substrate that I was fishing really, really well and didn't get any hookups or any hangups on the reef at all or weed or, um, and then if I did, if like one of the, if one of the keels actually did hang up enough, you could just, you know, increase the pressure and it would just pull one of them free and just, you know, pull it out of the, so you could essentially fish the fish the fly, well, I was able to fish the fly with a lot more confidence because I wasn't panicking about, you know, stopping it right in the rubble and just giving it that extra bit of um, bit of time to, you know, sit and act like a crab and particularly with tuskies, um, you know, sometimes I'll come up and eyeball that thing completely, you know, stationed, like it, you don't even have to move that fly, it'll come up and look at it for what seems like an eternity. You don't even move it, and it'll eat it. Um, and I found that also that fly it was so stable because a lot of the time the tuskies are in shallow water where the where the um there might be a sort of knee high swell rolling through or a bit of chop, they like that sort of small surf. And having a fly that didn't tilt from left to right, um, yeah, once again, maybe I just overthought it, but I felt like. You know, I had a really rock solid little foundation there for a um, you know for for a pattern, and um, yeah, it's, I've been tying into all my crabs, and it seems to have been pretty successful. And yeah, definitely with the Harry Hot Lips, you can like fish it completely, you know, completely still and right in right in the surf zones, and that will just come along and pick it up. So
0: yeah, it's yeah, that yeah. paid
4: off. The, the the point of that
0: podcast, as we mentioned in the in the beginning, as um, i probably mentioned on the intermediate vice many times, is the uh, is the points of observation and and also you know like we mentioned on this show, follow the beef. If you're catching fish on it, you know like um you know like it, it's working and it's and it's notable you know for start for first and foremost. Second thing, yeah. Um, I think what you're describing is is different to the um, intention of the Avalon fly. You know, at the same time, um. You know, like you're talking about, you know, talking about a defensive crab there, which um, I've got some thoughts on that too, um, which I won't bang on too much about. But you know, the Avalon crab that we were talking about on the podcast, like there's a guy, there's a guy. I don't, I don't know if you heard it, but um, there's a guy in Montana. Apparently, Dave was saying that he's tying merkins with, um, with the single loop and and the beads on it um, to try and make it kick up sand. That was that was his intention and all that sort of stuff, Um, Mm -hmm. which is different to what you're saying, right?
4: yeah so definitely mm-hmm. originally i um i was just using them as rails like picture a wheelbarrow you got two you know you got your two two rails at the back so it sits steady doesn't matter where you park it it's, it's sitting as level as possible it doesn't matter if there's a bit of side chop or whatever and then along the way i started experimenting with different weights and i ran beads um i ran beads on those on those two keels and um so even my permit um even my permit flies now which are just gone on pure sand i still run the keel um the dual kills and i uh, and because um, i think you can you can do those little stabbing strips that um uh probably uh, i don't know if it's an audible thing sometimes it helps the fish come in and sort of hone in on it if i think if you give it these little stabs and the and the beads kind of jangle together and um, and definitely, I mean, you, you, you follow any moon crab through through the sand and they're doing their best. They're just j- jerking along trying to bury themselves so they can like get out of a predator's way. Oh, that, um,
0: yeah, they'll, they'll generally move like very straight down like those moon crabs I've, um, that I've seen. I've, I've walked on the fuckers before. I've been fishing the surf. They can fucking, they hurt. But I, I like it's, I've seen them swim as well, you know, like I've seen them up. I the last mm. like, most recent time I went fishing inside, way up the top of inside of Fraser. Like I saw it, you know, saw him um, about chest deep water just swimming along, you know, like it's um, Yeah,
3: and right. And tried
0: poking the thing. It was a full on moon crow. I was right next to the boat. There was three three people, clip inclu- two, including myself. We saw it. it. Was no doubt about it. Poking it with a rod tip, trying yeah. to pick it up, and get it in the boat, and just just kept swimming like a boss, you know. But um, yeah, like I I don't know about the um. I mean, I, I I would personally disagree that the um that the beads would be doing much clicking. You know, down there, like mm-hmm. particularly if was in some sort, of, and like I mean, I don't know either. You know, like I mean, you'd have to get under there with as a diver and and hear it to be, and you know, yeah. to have, and then if you really want to show others, you'd really need to fucking record it to sort of you know go well, there. You go, you know, let's <laughs> yeah. Let's, yeah. let's stop talking yeah. about it, sort of thing. But um, yeah, you know, exactly. I mean, this is what these discussions are for, and that was what I was hoping to get, and I wanted to get from um, you know, I mean, I've only got one guest on the on that podcast, and and like you know, um, we're we're talking in regards to that. I yeah, uh, I mean, I, I did mention on that podcast as well, which I will say now. Sorry, Val, I know I'm not getting letting you get much word in there, but was but it was a big point of contention I said for myself on those um, um on those defensive crabs in in moving water. But the difference between what I've seen and what you have said just to not today, like I mean, you're you're obviously weighting your flies down to try and get them down there. Like I've seen people I mentioned on the podcast put them in a glass of water and they'll wave from left to right, you know, because I think that. Mm-hmm. Um, With with a with a crab fly with the intention of letting it sit static and stable and and not moving on the ground, you know, like there are other factors when you if you're in a boat, you know, the boat's not gonna be sitting still. If you're maintaining contact with that fly, you know, there's no way that fly's not moving if the boat's not moving if you're maintaining contact. In addition to that, you know, the current that rips over some of those flats, like they don't rip down all flats, but some of them, um, which means that the fly needs to be designed for purpose. Can could easily yeah. get up under a, a fly like that, and I think to myself, like I said on the podcast there, that if fish were fish couldn't decipher the difference between like you know floating, you know flotsam or whatever it is that's just cruising along the flats, they'd go around picking everything up. You know, a crab yeah. would be designed as you would have noticed when you're diving, like it's it's not really being dictated by the current. Although it's scurrying across the bottom, it's going in the direction where it needs to be moving away. It's not going to get cornered because it can't move in the direction it's not going with the current it's going to move wherever it wants but if it's got a fly that's going to get picked up it's not heavily weighted enough and it gets picked up and and pushed along by the current there's a good chance that a fish is going to recognize that as as bullshit you know you know what i mean yeah i mean p- potentially yeah. you know it's just a mind it's just a it's just a thought process that's all it is it's nothing hard and fast set in stone but that was the argument i think that mitchell was um was was uh was combating there? I wouldn't say combating; it's the wrong choice of words. Was was it was, was was engaging in? Let's put that because it's healthy discussion. That's all it is, really.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And look, it's. I mean, you could show fifty people one scene out of a movie, and everyone's going to pick something different out of it. Like everybody's observation is going to be slightly different, um, and that's what the beauty of the sport is. You know, one, um, it's not one hard and fast rule, and definitely. Um, yeah, you put two two anglers on a boat. They both they might both fish completely differently, um, in the same situation. So um, that's kind of what keeps it fresh. But for for me, I definitely wasn't trying to reinvent the wheel. But I I just was kind of trying to do something, um, just trying to yeah, just make something that I'd been tying for a long time look a little bit more, I suppose, a little bit more lifelike. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, just the the twofold was that I could skate it over all kinds of yucky bottom and and it worked, so I stuck with it. Um, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, I haven't had a chance to listen to the, that um, <laughs> the, that podcast yet, so I'll um, have to have a little tune in on that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, something works, it works. There you go. Yeah.
0: What yeah. you said there, Volts, I was about to reiterate the same thing. You got, you got the beef, dude. Like, there's fish that you've caught on it. Um, it's just the theories, I guess, that that people uh, as to the reason why the fish have eaten it. I, I would imagine yeah. if a fi- if a if a fly, you can't take a hard and fast rule on a defensive f- defensive one. My my argument with the defensive looking uh, crab is that the the water, the current, whatever can get under it and move it around like it's rubbish. But if it's staying there, you I, I totally get it. You know, like I know that I know that once crustaceans have got nowhere to go, that's the first thing they're gonna do. I mean, you, that's the we mentioned the cranker crab fly, uh lure on the show as well. Like that's the effectiveness of that and you can't argue that for conventional. Yeah. I went on another right. rant on that to talk about how I don't think that's replicable um you know the word I'm trying to say. It's too late. I'm not even gonna give it another go. You can't repeat <laughs> <laughs> Replicable. Um It's not you can't you can't repeat you can't you, you can't copy a cranker crab in a fly. They're too heavy, you know, like and you've got yep. all the the, fl- the drag of the fly line, you've got you know, you got a, like I said, you got a five gram crab. You put you put foam claws on it, it becomes a three gram crab. You know, but yeah, you're still yeah. casting five grams. It's it's really undoing the point of it. But yeah, give it a listen, man. There's some interesting stuff. That's why I got Dave on because he's you know his his observations of of a, uh, of a guy who's you know 25 years, 300 days a year on the water. You know, fishing crab gotcha. flies. Yep. There's um, a yeah. there's a lot to there. And and to, in, like Dave didn't talk about the defensive side of it. He was just talking about how um, the, the he understands the Avalon fly, and and he doesn't understand how the same thing can work when it's it's hitting the bottom. But you're not doing an Avalon fly, and no one was calling your design out as Mitchell who threw you under the bus. But it's um,
3: <laughs>
0: but it was <laughs> um, but um, yeah, it does it does bring out healthy discussion, and and I'm glad that you um didn't hang up so we could do that.
4: Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, nah, I'm just going to keep loitering around in this corner. You won't be able to get rid of me now. <laughs>
0: All right, well, who we got coming up on future's uh, podcast? there, oh, Stu?
2: Oh, haunt oh, your dreams.
0: Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> so that's pretty eerie, yeah. multi <laughs> uh, I don't know if we should talk about who we got coming up on future podcasts, but um, I don't even have a plan for the Vice. Um, it, listeners will probably be interested to know that there's potentially – Bolty's gonna be doing his offshoot too, yeah. Great. Hey. Yeah, when,
1: when I find a bit of time, um, I got I've got a, I've got a fucking hitter lined up, and we'll be talking um, be talking uh, knots. Um, we'll be getting knotted with one of the best. Getting um, knotted um, with Bolts. Yeah, it's wow. Something I'm really looking forward to doing is is talking about knots, the anatomy of knots, why some work better than others, um, in different situations, how to time, when to time and um, and what works and th- this guy um, um, who's agreed to, to join us is uh, right at the top of the game when it comes to catching fish on igFA legal tackle um, and you know as always we acknowledge that's that way you know one way to skin a cat um, but you know these guys are focused on on knots at work and getting the best out of them and it's never a bad idea to have a knot that works correct. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's where we're headed with that. Um, probably three weeks, you know.
0: Cool.
1: Yeah. I've got a bit, bit on uh, professionally, like with work coming up. So, um, yeah, I'll be uh,
0: away. The circus so, is like, hitting the road, vaults, huh? Yeah. Yeah, we'll yep. talk about it. Yeah, we'll see. Cool, man. Better. Yep. Well, guys, I want to say from the bottom of my heart, the greatest <laughs> contrafibularities I can offer. To say thank you for coming on the show.
1: Yeah.
0: Thanks. Thanks for coming yeah. on
1: the show, man.
4: Yeah. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It's been real. It good
1: is.
0: stuff,
4: Stu.
1: It's been real yeah. talk, as the cool kids say.
4: Mm. Thanks, man. We covered a lot of we covered a lot of ground tonight we did it. Oh, shoot, yeah. Did some peddling, but um yeah, good work guys. Look, you guys have filled many happy hours for me at work, listening to the podcast and um, Pumping out good content every week, so um, hopefully oh, I'm let this great. down and uh, yeah, no, keep it up. Enjoy I'm it. Glad it's, oh, it's thought
1: provoking because that um, you know the the conversations that stem from that you know like like we said with these crabs is you know no right and wrong. We're just we're all looking for theories that may or may not work. You know, so um, That's it. Pod, podcast in general, if it if it's stimulating conversation, thought process, firing inspiration. fucking great love it
0: yeah
4: good good robust chats
0: yeah man alright Mork and Mindy let's get out of here
4: (laughs) 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 alrighty lads alright
0: this is awesome. signing out alright see
4: (laughs) ya see ya see ya